Hey, thank you for stopping by. In this episode, we have funny stand-up comedian Alex Hooper. We talk about his time on America's Got Talent and what it was like to do it during the whole pandemic and doing the road and old comedy shows. He's an old buddy of mine, so we catch up on old times. He's a really positive person, so he's got a lot of good inspirational uh, advice. And uh, yeah, I think you're going to definitely enjoy it. So like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you want to just listen to it, you could download it on Spotify or iTunes. Thank you. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Take care. I do want to apologize. <laughs> Terry, I know you weren't here last time, but honestly, I wouldn't have made fun of you anyway. You truly shine. You and Howie clearly go to the same barber, just not the same gym. <laughs> Howie, what? look at that marvelous head. You weren't born, you were hatched. <laughs> Howie, I'm sorry, these are just jokes. Remember when you were a comedian? Why are you laughing? Heidi, I'm so sorry you're not here, but I understand why you can't be here today. You are a Sports Illustrated model, and I'm sure you're off on their seniors tour. <laughs> On to the lady who puts the more in a more. Hello, Sophia Vergara. Hello. I love you. Oh, come on. <laughs> and finally, from beauty to beast. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Simon, how are you a vegan and that's the least annoying thing about you? <laughs> I will say I am so excited for your new movie. What's it called? Fifty Shades of Tan? <laughs> In closing, Yes, I am sorry. I'm sorry that none of the judges were born in this country. So while America's got talent, it does not have a strong immigration policy. <laughs> All right, give it up for Alex Hooper, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like a morning zoo. I know, like, right? Uh oh, here comes Alex Hooper. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, buddy. Welcome. Thanks for coming by, brother. Thank you for it's good uh, to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you too. Yeah. Thanks for playing that clip. That oh was, yeah, buddy. That's good to relive. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, there's one part of that that truly makes me cringe, and it's the Sofia Vergara part because, like, I burned her hard, and they cut it. What? Yeah, that's all. These people asked me about that. They were like, "You just told Sofia I love you," and I was like, "Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> you think I went in there without jokes? Yeah, no, I had jokes." Wow. Just, and she was actually, people think that she didn't handle it well. She actually handled it very well. They just decided for whatever reason that they were going to cut them. Maybe they were a little harsh. Maybe they wanted to warm them up. I don't know. Yeah. But when I hear that pause, then just, I love you. It just sounds so mm. like, I'm like, it's not what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say what it was? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, I said, uh, uh, Sophia is from Columbia. If you've ever heard her speak, you know, I don't mean the university. <laughs> uh, I said, you sound like a chihuahua in a blender set to high. Uh, and then I said, I can't think of one reason why you're famous, but I can think of two.
And I was like, these are clean jokes. Yeah, this is funny. That's great. Like, I was like, this, yeah. is, this is what's going to like. And then when they cut him, I was like, you know, part of going on a show like that, you have no control of yeah. what they do in the yeah. end. You have no control. No control. So you have to relinquish that in your own mind, though, yeah. and kind of just stop hugging so tight your material yeah. so tightly. Uh-huh. And I tell people that when they go on the show, I'm like, just so you know, like, whatever you think is going to go on there might not go on there. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, tell me about it, dude. I know. Yeah. You know, I've done some reality shows like the uh, the dating. Remember Blind Date? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to love Blind me, Date. Me too, dude. You did an episode of that? I did, man. I did. And it was the worst, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was Why? horrible. Because like, like you said, they, they edit whatever they want, man. They make it seem however they, they, they want, man. And, uh, you know, I'm not the sharpest bulb in the toolbox, but they didn't make me look like this. You know, they made me look like a dumbass and they favored her because someone has to be the villain or someone has to be the dumbass. And that was me. <laughs> I love that you just mixed two analogies. I'm not the sharpest bulb in the toolbox. Is that how it goes? <laughs> no. Oh, right. It's either the brightest bulb oh. or the sharpest tool like in the shed. Oh, okay. <laughs> the sharpest bulb. <laughs> I'm a dull ass bulb. <laughs> I just love that you're using an analogy to say how not intelligent you are, and then you fuck up the <laughs> Yeah, man. So, I love it. So, dude, it was so bad. And and they they mixed like reactions, you know, like so I was uh talking to her during the date, and then they would cut to a different reaction. You right. know what I mean? Make her look like she was super bored, but she wasn't, you know? So did they do that with you at all? Did they use a different like reaction to like some of the stuff that you were doing or whatever? They definitely have like done little moments like that where they'll cut to a judge where they're not actually like in the moment. Um, but that's part of just like you have, they have to tell their story, sure. right? And whatever it is, they need to be as compelling as possible. Yeah. So if you're, if you're in the middle of the road, that's not good TV. They need right. you to be either at opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Either you're doing, a, you're killing or you're bombing. Yeah, and yeah. And if you're somewhere in between, they have to fix it so it like kind of goes mm. their way. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, you just know what you're signing up for. Yeah. But I will say that was the beauty of this year when I made it to the live shows of America's Got Talent because there was no cutting. There's no editing because it was live television. Mm. So because of that, I knew whatever lands it stays here, you know? Cool. And that was very comforting to know yeah. that they, there's like, they can't go in and doctor this one up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's cool, man. Yeah. Fun experience. Oh, dude. And, uh, yeah, that one where you, it, like Simon wasn't there for the last one, right? No. Cause he was in this, he was, he was riding an electric bike yeah. and he fell off of it. Oh, so he, he literally, he got, he bought an electric bike. He got on, didn't read the instruction manual, hit the gas and it just flew out from under him and he landed on his back and like ruptured two discs or something Jesus. like that. Like, I mean, <laughs> just the most like 60 year old man thing yeah. you could possibly do. Like, yeah. I'm a billionaire. I'm yeah. Get on this bike here, right, and then right. just bam, done. Wow, and that was rough because, like, on that show, like Simon was my biggest supporter. Yeah, so like without him, really, and he's like, you know, he's the judge of all judges on yeah. that show, and everybody kind of looks to him. Yeah. So if he is like, guys, you don't understand what he's doing up there is great. This mm-hmm. takes this is a talent. This takes balls. Absolutely. Like they would listen. Yeah. But without him being there, they're just like, oh, let's just play the bad guy yeah. here and like yeah, pretend yeah. that this is just not for us. Yes. 
Yes, know? that's so annoying. That's so annoying because yeah, that's it is a skill. It's probably one of the most hardest things to do is to roast somebody because there's a balance. People are watching at home. They're like, oh yeah, you just make fun of them. You make fun of no. You're a moron. You don't have. You don't know how to make fun of somebody. Right. It's, it's true. With, you know, in a way that is tasteful and yet still complimentary yes. and you know derogatory at the same time yeah there is there is a balance to it all and if you just are like hey howie you're a piece of shit dude right. people are like what what is this that's not how you get there right you know right right that's i was brought into the show for a very specific reason and it's because i can write these complimentary style roast jokes yeah and the show kind of needed a heel yeah needed somebody to come in and go against what everybody else is doing yeah like literally people are like what are you doing why, why aren't you trying to win and i'm like win <laughs> what are you this isn't gonna win i'm just here to shake shit up yeah you know? yeah yeah and they loved it yeah right? i mean yeah. a lot of people do a lot of people don't oh, okay but that's part of the fun yeah, yeah it's like you know there's so many people when you go on it like that show is so wrong for me mm -hmm. in so many ways. Mm -hmm. It's right for me because it allows me to be put on crazy outfits and just go out there and be this professional weirdo. Yeah. But that audience, they're not going to the comedy clubs. They're not looking for some edgy comedian yeah. who's going to really like tackle their ideals and right. like make them like really just make them think differently yeah. and be crude or whatever. Uh -huh. So you go on that show and you're like, look, a couple people watching this, if 2% of the people watching this dig it, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Like 10 yeah. million people watch that show. Wow. So if I can get 2% of them, yeah. you know, that's a couple hundred thousand people that will yeah. be fans. And that's really all I was looking for. Nice. And you, you got that? I mean, I didn't get that in social media following or anything like that, but I mean, I know for a fact, I mean, that my clips have been viewed almost a hundred million times wow. from that. And so, I mean, I know, uh, I know how much it did for me to put me just into the ethosphere of, you know, entertainment. Yeah. I mean, there was, dude, when I did the first one, because that was my second season on the show. This is my second season. I did it in 2018, which is the one where I got crazy bomb, where it was like, they were just 3,000 people were just screaming at me the whole time. And like, it just looks like I'm just like bombing my dick off. Like, <laughs> but I'm just like shake. I'm just laughing in their face and saying my jokes, but like the audience hates me. And literally- Dude, you didn't even stutter. No, like, dude, you, you didn't even <laughs> stutter one word, dude. You, it was like so clean, bro. So props to that, man. I'm I sorry, I just got to say that. Oh, no, no, I appreciate it because like, honestly, like a comedian knows what I went through up yeah. there. Uh -huh. Like they, even if you don't have the personal experience, like you know what it feels like to not be doing well. So you can imagine that projected with 3,000 people literally screaming at you to get off the stage and you're still up there performing, <laughs> which is just insane yeah. I mean it's maniacal but literally that summer I was still working at Universal Studios and I was selling tickets in the ticket booth where you go up front and you're like hey my family of four we're here from Kentucky here's what we're doing dude like three to five times a day I was getting recognized at work that summer it was like people were just coming up like wait a minute I know you what, what, what are you doing here you're on TV. And I'm like, well, I'm not on TV right now. How many tickets do you want, sir? Like, let's get you in this theme park. Yeah. So I knew how big it was. Yeah. Just because, like, people were telling me everywhere I went, they were, I was getting recognized. Yeah. And I'll say, like, that was nice. And there's, there's something fun about it because it's not at a level where it was super annoying for yeah. the most part. It was just, like, I was brand new to this fame and it yeah. was cool. This year, though... 
having the masks and everything and not really going anywhere, there was something really pleasant about that as well of just like getting this huge exposure that could have like thrust me into like more spotlight. Definitely. But I was able to just be like, you know what? I'm just going to put my mask on, go out to the grocery store. Nobody needs to know. And there was something really just calming about that. The, the anonymity yeah. of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool, man. It's cool that you saw it that way because other people would have been like, damn, I mean, you know, this is killing my momentum because I believe that, dude, like you were on your way, man. Like this is, you know, and, and that, that, that could still happen, you know, but I mean, you, you, you're coming fresh off of that 10 million people that are watching you. Right. You that's, know what I mean? And that's tough because like, I mean, I did have comics ask me that like, um, you know, Brad Williams saw me at the comedy store one night and he goes, dude, how does it feel to get the biggest exposure possible and have nothing to do with it? And I was like, you know, like. What else can I do? I'm yeah. glad that it's there. I'm glad that I got it. Yeah. I got this. The thing about like this season was even though like the clips didn't go as big because yeah. there's no audience and it was all weird. Like the fact is like I got to do something huge in a pandemic year when, and I really got to do something that made, that really made a statement about who I was. Yeah. And I just think that's very fortunate and that stuff doesn't go away just because I can't do anything with it right this second. As far as touring goes, there's plenty of other people that learned who I was and saw what I could do that are going to follow me in the future and like, you know, watch my specials, listen to my podcast, mm -hmm. read whatever I end up doing. So, it's one of those things where, like, you can't look at it as, like, oh, this sucks. No. You got on TV again. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, millions of people watching you. So, yeah. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I got to do it my way. Right. The thing about, like, America's Got Talent is so many people complain that, like, they do like we were saying, they're going to doctor your set. They edit any way they want. But I will say this. While that is all true... They respected the fuck out of me on that show. They listened to me. They let me fight for jokes that I believed in. They would, like, take all of my ideas. And if they didn't like it, they would at least ask me, like, well, what do you, why, why do you want to do this? Let's hear you out. You're the performer. You're the talent. Like, we're, we'll listen. Cool. So, I mean, they really were cool about, like, really working with me and allowing me to do exactly what I wanted, which on a show like that, like, you can't really ask for much more. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude that final performance they built you know on that giant soundstage the one where i'm reading the book in yeah the throne like they built me a set oh cool. i mean like they literally like you I had, asked for that I or you this, told them you were gonna do like what? i told him what i was gonna do and i had this idea to do the illustrations to have my friend eddie malden do these illustrations of the roast jokes and i was like guys what if these like popped up on screen behind me like what if the book was behind me and all of a sudden i go in there to do a dress rehearsal i'm standing on this massive sound stage looking you know with just i mean <gasps> millions of dollars go into something wow. like this and i turn around and there's the book wow. with my jokes illustrated 50 feet tall I was just like, this is fucking nuts, dude. Like, I'm, I, this was an idea in my head that is now a real life vision. Yeah. And that's, those are the kind of things when you, when you come out here and you want to be in entertainment, all you want is for people to take you seriously, yeah. for people to listen to your ideas yeah. and for you to not just live in your head, but be able to actualize. Yeah. And that was one of those moments where it's like, well, holy fucking shit. 
Look at all look at look at all this work that yeah. had to go into me just to make fun of Heidi Klum again. Like how hilarious is this? Dude, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Union workers it took to build that set. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, Carpenters, sure. electricians, you know, just like, dude. Yeah, a whole group of people, man. That's awesome. And you know what? Those guys are were some of my favorite people on set because they all really liked what I did. I bet. Like, that's the thing. They get so used to seeing, like, another dance team, cheerleaders, yeah. singers, whatever. Yeah. So then I come in just wearing a fur coat and just being like, let me tell you all why you're <laughs> stupid. And, they're the, and the crew is like, thank you. Finally. <laughs> Somebody yeah. please tell these people. Yeah, yeah. So fun. Oh, dude. You should just do a YouTube channel with that guy, that character, <laughs> like, doing those stories. It's so awesome. Me and the gaffer. Yeah. Just like backstage. No, no, no. I mean, you on that, uh, you know, telling those uh, uh, stories, uh, you know, with the book and stuff like that and the oh, illustrations in the back. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you know, I have... There's a lot of ideas floating Mm. around this skull of mine. And a lot of them, it's like you kind of have to, you come up with an idea, you write it down somewhere, Mm. and you decide, like, is this for now or is this going to be put on the back burner for when I, you know, really have more clout, more time, whatever Mm. it may be. But as long as you're constantly just, like, letting your brain do the work and just come up with this stuff, like, no idea is going to go to waste. It's just a matter of, like, when is the time for it? Mm -hmm. So I really feel like... Like, I've been building to this thing for the past, like, few years where, like, now I'm learning how to combine all of these talents that I've accrued, like, stand-up comedy and roasting and slacklining and all these other, like, weird, like, writing and all the inspirational try to things thing that I do, my podcast, which is very motivational. Um, and I'm trying to combine all of those things into this one, like, empirical brand and it's just time, dude. Yeah. You know, you can't rush that shit out. You see these entrepreneurs and these artists who are like, dude, here's what I want to do. I want to write a book and then I want my own TV show. Then we're going to make a movie and then we're going to have <laughs> spinoffs of the movie. And then and people are going to be like, you're what? You're all over the place. Yeah. You got to focus. Yeah. So the big thing is like, how do you just take incremental steps to building this giant thing without getting too swallowed by the enormity of the projects? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know this, man. I mean, you've done, you're some, I mean, you've been, you've been in this town longer than I have. You've been just slicing and dicing your way through any way you can. And you, you've seen the people who come out here and they're like, dude, I moved here six months ago. Here's my plan. And they have these giant ideas, which are great if you can hone them in. Right. But so many people get caught up in the grandiose nature of what they want to do that it literally destroys them. Yeah. Because they just get too far ahead of themselves and they can't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're delusional. They, they, they hear about these overnight success guys, you know, like Sebastian Maniscalco. That guy's an overnight success. Yeah, right, dude. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> yeah, an overnight success that has been doing it for 22 years. Right. That grinded every single night of his life. Right. Like, Sebastian's a great example because Sebastian was literally waiting tables at the Four Seasons Hotel and taking his lunch break to go do a 15-minute set at the Comedy Store. He would run up there in his uniform, his tuxedo, break down real fast so he looked a little more normal normal do a set suit back up and run right back to okay what'd you want a lemoncello uh here we go <laughs> like that's 
It's not, he didn't yeah. come out of nowhere. That's nobody comes out of nowhere. That's what people don't realize. You don't know who they are. Right. That doesn't mean they didn't come out of nowhere. I know. See, but in their crazy head, that's what they think, you know? So if they're out here grinding for like two years, they're like, oh my God, I'm not on Conan. I'm not on this. I'm a loser. <laughs> no, you <laughs> idiot. Put in your time. Put exactly your time. what you said, dude. Like, Man, it, it, it gets me so frustrated to hear people like, oh, I don't know this person. Well, just because you don't know this person doesn't mean that person hasn't been out grinding their craft for 20 years, man. Dude, and at this point, honestly, who knows who anybody is anymore? Like, do you know the amount of times I will, like, see somebody be like, oh, I had this person on my podcast. And I'm like, oh, who this, who's this person? And then I click on their handle and they have, like, 9 million followers and I've never heard of them. The thing is... Entertainment now is so streamlined to exactly who they want to get it to that unless you are this giant, giant movie star or like musical, whatever it may be, I'm not going to hear of you unless I'm in that world. Right. Like, the, dude, there are so many like, you know, rappers that have 20, 30, 40 million followers and I've never heard of them because I'm just not super into hip hop. Like, you know, then that goes for every single little thing that you could be a part of. And that's the thing is like, you're not, it's not like it used to be where it was, there's three TV channels and yeah, right. they, you know who the people are because mm -hmm. those are the only actual stars in Hollywood. Yeah. At this point, anyone can be any, can be a star. So there's no point in trying to know where, you right. know, everybody. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, uh, e even before social media, um, when it wasn't like that, like they're just, you know, going towards their own group, but there's like comedians out there that are making six figures that you've never even heard about. Of course. And they're touring the world and like, they're doing so much and uh, you've never even heard of these people. I mean, most of the, like, if you look at like worldwide, especially comedians like worldwide, there are people in the UK, in Australia, in Asia that have massive followings. Like essentially, you know, the Dave Chappelle's of their own universes and stuff like that, but they don't really translate much to the States. So you just don't know who they are. Yeah. But that's the thing is like we, our worlds become so singular focused because we just think like, well, if, how could they be anybody if I don't know who they are? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you're not, you can't be, uh, the amount of content that comes out these days, the amount of, like, of control that the people have as opposed to the industry, you can't keep up. Right. There's no fucking way. Nope. I mean, how many people do you know that, like, how many of our friends do you know that have a podcast that you've never listened to? Yeah. Same. Right? Yep. I mean, we know so, we literally, between us, probably know <laughs> 2,000 people yeah. with podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it's not to say that everybody knows two thousand people with podcasts, right. but we just happen to be in this world, and everyone's just trying to reach their own audiences yeah. yep. as much as you can. Yeah. And instead of being like, it used to be like you would come out here and you would try to do the work to get seen and to get basically anointed as to be like, okay, you are going to be the new king in town. Everybody knows who you yeah. are. You're a star, kid. Yeah. And now it's. Figure out your own lane, do everything you can by yourself, find your own audience and cultivate a community on your own so that you don't have to answer to anybody right, else. Right. That's the beauty of doing this shit is like now people are literally living off of their podcasts and they control every single aspect of it. You know, you work a few hours a week, you do some promotion, you get some advertising in and then bam, 
you're done. Yeah. And you can just live off that. Yeah. If, if you do the work to get the audience. Yeah. And that's why it's like, sometimes I think about if I were in the eight, if this were the eighties, like when it, the first real boom of standup happened, there's over 750 clubs in the United States. People are literally making six figures being touring clubs. You've never heard of. You've never heard of these people. Would I have already like been more successful? Right. Pay, maybe, Maybe, but the other thing is, is I would have had to answer to a lot more people and do a lot more things that maybe don't line up with who I am. Yeah. So now it's all up to us, which is terrifying, but also liberating. Yeah. We can do whatever the fuck we want, Eric. Yeah. And that's kind of like beautiful. Yeah. And if you don't make it, now it's really on you. It's not just like, but they didn't see me. I was brilliant in this play and everybody said it and nobody like, no, like you got to find your own audience these days and you have to find like-minded people who are going to lift you up and who also just, you know, just believe in your talent and want more from you and are willing to give you the time of day in this totally crowded world of ours of entertainment. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, uh, stop making excuses and just get yourself out there and uh, make it happen. Excuses are kill you, dude. They will kill you. And it's anytime I hear somebody go, well, I wanted to, but I just want to go, stop. Whatever you're about to say <laughs> is, is going to be either a complaint yeah. or an excuse, and you're telling yourself that, that, that story to maybe alleviate your own pain or your struggle or give yourself a reason why things didn't happen. There are no reasons anymore. Like this, especially this year, we have all learned what's important. Yeah. Everything's been put in perspective, and you can look at this year as saying, God, everything sucks. My life was taken away. I lost money. I lost work. I, you know, I I miss my friends. I miss concerts, whatever it can be. Or you can say, look, we all had a year to realize what's truly fucking important. And we all realize that if this is real for us, then we need to make it real. Yeah. It's time to stop waiting for other people to give us opportunities. We need to create shit on our own. Yeah. And look, for someone like me, I'll be honest, that fucking sucks. Sometimes I'll be the first to admit it. I don't like doing everything on my own. I need help. Um, I want, I kept waiting. I spent years going, dude, they're going to notice me soon, right? I'm crushing stages all over LA. I'm going on tour. I'm getting commercials. I'm getting sitcoms. They're, they're going to notice. Like I'm going to be a guy. And they didn't notice. So then what do you do? You do you, do you sit back and cry or do you just keep fucking moving forward and creating more projects and doing more things that make you happy and eventually then all of that builds into something bigger. And that's all I'm trying to do this year. That's what I've used this year to do is just like how who am I without stand up comedy? I mean, dude, you've been doing this, you've been doing stand-up, what, 18 years? 14. 14, 14, yeah. 14 years. Yeah. Sorry, i give you a few extra ones there. <laughs> 14 years. All of a sudden, we have to decide, okay, I'm not going on stage every night. Who the fuck am I? This was my identity. Right. I am Alex Hooper. I am a comedian. Yeah. I don't feel like a comedian right now. Mm -hmm. So how do I continue to have that feeling if it, without going on stage every night. Yeah. And man, I mean, that's a, a lot of deep reflection periods <laughs> this year of yeah. just like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. I had, I, I had depression come back, which I thought I had dealt with a long time ago. I really thought I had gotten it all out of my system. And there were days this year where I was like, no, just, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get out of bed. 
I just want to start smoking bowls at 9 a.m. and just wait till I fall asleep again at 11 mm-hmm. and pass out to a movie and not fucking do shit. Yeah. And then you have a couple of those days and you go, okay, so do I really want to continue this or do I want to try to do a little better today and right. make something for myself? Right, right. And uh, what is what does that depression is it from anything specific or is it just anything in general? Lack of lack of performing mainly to be uh-huh. honest. Like yeah. I so much of who I am relies on me getting on stage and getting out this massive amount of energy that I have contained within me. Like I mean, you and I have known each other for a long yeah. time, and you you like I mean like. I'm one of those people who like, I'm, I'm gregarious. I'm extroverted. I'm always moving. Like I have my chill time too, but if I'm out in the world, like I'm ready to go. Yeah. So now where does that energy go? I don't have any place to put it. Like, yeah, I can write all day. I can go outside and I can play tennis, but like, there's still this thing in my brain that's going like, it's not enough. I'm not getting the validation that I needed every single night. And I'll dude, I'll be the first to say it. I'm truly addicted to that fucking feedback from a crowd. I am 100% like them the, the after the show when people are walking up, "Oh man, Alex, that was so great. I love this one joke. You were so funny. I'm so glad we came out tonight. We didn't know who all that stuff." Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It makes me feel whole. It makes me feel like my purpose is being completed. Sure. And this year my purpose, which is to spread joy, was a lot of the way I do it was taken away. Yeah. And that was really fucking tough to reckon with. It's like, mm. what do I, what do I do with myself now? And you know, a lot of, it just became like a lot of nights of just like getting stoned, watching five hours of TV. So then I'm on my couch every night, like getting stoned, binge watching TV, which doesn't fulfill me at all. It used to be, man, I'm out running around the city. I'm doing a spot in Silver Lake and then I'm hitting the comedy store and then I'm hitting yeah. the improv and I would see all my friends and yeah. just run into all these people and get to watch the best stand-up comedians on the planet do their thing and i would come home every night just like (laughs) what a wonderful way to live you know just gallivanting around town and then when all of that was taken away i was just like oh like i don't feel whole anymore i spent so much time integrating myself into this world and becoming a part of it and allowing it to become a part of me and it was all and when it was you know, dissipated in front of me, it was like, I just don't know what to do anymore. And that's when like depression was kind of like, Hey, Mm. what's up? Alex? haven't talked to you in a while. And I'm just like, what, where did you come from? I thought I killed you. It's like, Oh, you thought wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't you go masturbate for the seventh time? You (laughs) stupid fuck. And I'm like, no, you know, (laughs) whatever it may be. I mean, dude, it was, it was just a lot to like, a lot of change. Yeah. And one of those things where it's like, look, I'm not, I'm not afraid of evolving and adapting. And that's one thing that I've had to tell myself this whole year is like, I'm just like adapt, pivot, don't resist what's happening because you have to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And we've learned that so hard this year is that like, you can't hold on to any former way of thinking or way of life. Like I can't just be sitting here going, woe is me. Like, yeah, I lost some tour dates and I lost, you know, some traveling and there's things like that. There's so many people that have lost lives that have lost houses, jobs, like so many huge things that I was 
I, I just kind of had to bring it to myself this year and just go like, look, is it really that bad? Or can you learn how to just be something without needing to be on all the time, without needing to perform? And, you know, slowly but surely, I'm learning how to get it back. Mm -hmm. I will say, like, when we were allowed to be doing, like, outdoor shows and things like that, man, was that... I just... I would walk on stage, like, every set... Like, I was going to be murdered at the end of every set. I was like, this is the last one, baby. Like, let's fucking bring nice. it. And I had this, like, total just, like, veracity for stand-up again where I was writing all the time. And I was like, I can't wait to tell these new jokes. Like, I don't want to do anything I was doing before. Like, let's go. And then again, now we're back to another lockdown where it's like, well, go back inside your homes, everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, right. it's like, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Did you do any Zoom a shit ton. Yeah. <laughs> I've done yeah. so many. Like with this, I mean, I've probably done, I'd say 75 to 100 Zoom shows this oh, year. Oh, wow. A lot. Yeah. And dude, like the thing is like, you know, the best way I heard it described, it's it's methadone to a heroin addict. Mm. You know, like yeah. it will scratch an itch, but it's not going to really fulfill you. Mm -hmm. I always felt like, did you do, did you do a few? No. Dude, the thing is, like, I'm not going to say you're missing out on anything like that. It was a way to, like, keep me writing, but it really felt, it's like masturbation compared to sex. That's really what it is. It's like when you're done, like, a Zoom show, you, like, close the computer and you're like, <laughs> I don't know if I'll feel right now. This is a little weird, right? <laughs> Where after a show, you get off, you're like, I just fucked that whole audience and yeah. they had so many orgasms and we're all happier for it. Yeah, yeah. A Zoom show, you're kind of just like, you're sitting there in your pajamas after the show in your own house and you're like, all right, I guess I'll eat some ice cream or yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's cool. That's a good analogy. Dude, it's, it's, you just, you got to go with it, man. Like, and I, I, the thing is I do need comedy. I need performing in some facet. So if it means that, I have to do it through my computer or my phone, then fuck it. Then that's what I got. And that's what I'll do. And just, you know, I will say it, it was a nice, it's nice to feel connected at least. Like when I can look at a screen and see 35 people sitting in their living rooms watching me, it's like, okay, this is something. Yeah. Once the thing. zoom is done, it's done. Uh -huh. Like sometimes you'll get a few people that like hit you, that find you on social media and they'll hit you up and be like, Whoa, that was really great. I'm a big fan. Like I, uh, I'd never seen you before, but now I'm glad I know who you are. There was some of that, yeah. but for them, no, there's no, like I would make that joke after a zoom show. I'd be like, oh, guys, thank you so much. Um, I'll be at the merch table in the lobby. Please come buy a t-shirt. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And like, no, I'm just going to close my computer and I'll never see any of you again. Like, yeah. It's, uh. it's, it's, it's everything this year, as far as comedy goes, has just been a weird experiment. Yeah. And like, I mean, at the comedy store, I don't, I don't know if you saw this, we were literally performing through the window mm -hmm. of the original room. Yeah. Like we're standing in the room with the most, arguably the most famous comedy room yeah. in the world. Yeah, sure. We're standing inside as it's filled with chairs and computer equipment and there's no tables or anything like that. It's empty and we're looking out the window to Sunset Boulevard performing for people on a patio. Yeah. And we can't even hear them laughing. Uh -huh. they, they're, we're, they're piping our sound out there but we're not getting any sound back. Yeah. So you're just like, okay, I can see you chuckling. <laughs> I think you're laughing or maybe you're chewing on a piece of chicken. Um, <laughs> something's happening here. But you're just literally yeah. like looking at people and like, you know, David Letterman's neon sign is above your head yeah. and you're just performing out a window. Like, can anyone hear me? Please <laughs> let me out of this cage. Wow. And I will say this. I feel like, you know, we kept saying like the ones that were doing it were like, this is resistance training. When we come back, 
it's going to be so much easier because we're just going to be so much more grateful yeah. to be in a room with people yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, you'll, 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 you won't be bitching about uh, going to uh, a small little room like the park bar or the uh, scene, right? In North Dude, Hollywood, right? Never. The thing is, I never bitch about any room. Anywhere somebody was willing to book me, I was more than happy to go. Dude, I have had, I had two experiences at the scene in North Hollywood, your show, where my life was threatened. Really? Two. Get out of here. I'll tell, I'll tell you both of them. And, <laughs> and, and the thing is, but here's the moral of the story is I didn't stop going to the scene. <laughs> I could have been like, dude, okay, you know what? Yeah. I don't need to perform for those 14 drunkos at a bar yeah. that aren't really going to be paying right. attention to me. Yeah, yeah. My life has been uh, threatened and I'm still just like, yeah, I should probably go back there and do it though, right? <laughs> um, no, the first one. Yeah, you still and, answer my calls. Yeah, I, I always you, do. You do, I'm, man. I, be, I value comedy over my own life. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> wow. Um, and so here's the, the first one was some guy in the audience was heckling me and I started for some reason I told him, I was like, sir, I will go outside and suck your dick right now if you shut the fuck up. And he was just like, excuse me? And I was like, Let's, you want to take it outside or can I keep doing my jokes? Do you need my mouth? Do, do, is this mouth going to do some work or can I do it up here? And this guy was like, oh, what? And then afterwards he goes, so then uh, somebody walks up to me after my set and they go, just so you know, that guy's waiting outside for you. And um, it's a local, that come, he comes here a lot and apparently he carries a knife. Mm. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, he's waiting for you. And wow. I was, and, and I had you, and I told, so I went up to you and yeah. the bartender, I was like, Eric, I got an issue here. Yeah. And you and another person physically walked me oh, out of the bar okay. to my car and made sure that I got out of yeah, there. Yeah. But on a, that was the first occasion, right? And after that show, I literally went, I'm not going to do this place anymore. Yeah. And then you call me and I'm like, oh, me, stand up comedy. Well, yes, thank you. Um, the second one, I was about to leave and some guy blocked my car in because that parking lot is so, yeah, so tight. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, yeah. like, it's like worse than a Trader Joe's parking it is. lot. It's, it's just brutal. It's it the is. tiniest little thing. Yeah. And somebody just literally parked their car directly in front of mine. And I was like, sir, I'm about to leave. He's like, yeah, well, we're going to this bar right now. I was Whoa. like, dude, I'm leaving. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, do you know where the fuck you are right now, homie? And I was like, Jesus, North Hollywood, <laughs> the scene. And yeah. He's like, I'm going to go in and get this drink. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'll just stay out here and watch your car. Wow. And so, which honestly, not the best thing for me to say, Yeah. but I was a little stoned and a little, had yeah. a little bravado in me and uh -huh. I was just, had just done a set and I was like, dude. And so then I was just, he's like, what'd you say to me? I was like, go inside and have your drink. I'm going to watch your car. And then somebody else came out from the bar and saw what was happening. and was like, yo, he's not worth it, bro. Just get him out. Whatever. To the guy that okay. was threatening me. Yeah. So that guy walks inside and I had to go inside and was like, and tell you and the bartender again, like, hey, can you tell this guy he needs to move his car? Like, I got to get out of here. Oh, Jesus. I need to leave. And this guy literally was like, you know, just putting it up in front of me, like, wow. give me this. And I, and what it was one of the. dick. Totally. But I mean, yeah. you know. What are you going to get at a CD dive yeah, bar? Right. Any any CD dive bar anywhere in America, you're right. going to have some people that are like, "Uh, you don't know. This is my yeah. spot, yeah. bro. This is me. Jesus. Get your little kimono self out of yeah. here." So, again though, the hilariously enough, if you were like Alex, we're doing a show at the scene tomorrow, I'd be like, "Cool, I'll see you there, bro." <laughs> you know, let me know, get dude. my bulletproof vest on. You're so awesome, bro, and I <laughs> I just love seeing you, man. Besides you being hilarious and such a professional uh just you know you're just 
dude, you're on time. You never bitch. And even when you got shit, you know, uh, Jeff Ross roast and stuff like that, it never went to your head, dude. You've always been so grounded. And, uh, dude, I love you, man. You're, you're, I love you too, yeah, Eric. And, yeah. you, you know, I'll tell you where that, I'll tell you where that, st- where that comes from is like when you're in your first few years of comedy and all you want is to be noticed and to be seen and for people to tell you that you're good and that you're doing, you're on the right path, right? And that's all you want. And I look at people who are not as far along the road as I have. I am. Like, I'll be, March will be my 12-year anniversary, cool. which is not, like, insane amount of time, but it's good enough where it's, like, I'm in it a lot longer than a lot of other sure. people. So I look at these people that I'm just, like, how would I want to be treated then? Remember that feeling of like being an open micer and then you're on a show with somebody who like just did TV yeah. and you're like, man, this is so cool. They just oh, did yeah. Conan and I'm on yeah. the same show. Mm-hmm. I hope they talk to me. I hope they watch my set. Yeah. And I've always wanted to be that person that is just, that that really looks in your eyes when I talk to you and is like, has really, I don't want to let anything get to my head because in my mind, while I am like, out there being original and creative and doing my own shit. Like I still don't ever want to think that I'm somebody more than I am. Yeah. Just because I have a lot, like if I get a lot of followers, I have a lot of, I've been on TV and I, I can entertain a lot of people that doesn't make me any better than anybody else. So I don't ever want to look at somebody and try to be this diva. You know, it's one thing if I have like, Hey Eric, I have another show. Can I please go up in the first couple comics? Like, uh, and you'd be like, go oh, sure. Yeah. Great. But if I have nowhere to be and you're like, Hey, there's like these six other guys, they're gonna, they gotta, and I'm like, cool. I'm yeah. just here, man. Dude, you never complained, man. You never said, oh, dude, let put me in front of this guy. Never, dude, got attitude from you, dude. It's it's, it's amazing. Well, it's man. also because I'm a producer, right? And I know what it takes to run a show. And I know how when you are running your own gig, everything about it, you're thinking, oh, wait, is the sound good? Are the lights yeah, good? Okay, right. who's going up next? Right. Who's going? And then you have all these little fucking birds in your yeah. ear going, Eric, right. Eric, what about me? What yeah. am I going up? Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's just like, and I know how that is to be a producer and have people doing that to you. So the last thing I want is to contribute at all. All I want to be is the guy that's super easy to work with, that's fun, like you said, is on time, which to me is the easiest thing in the fucking world to get right. Mm -hmm. And yet still, nobody does. Um, But yeah, just be the person that other people want to be around because that shit, you remember that shit in the future. All of that leads somewhere. And so... You know, anyone who, I don't have any reason to have a big head. I've been very fortunate that I've worked my ass off to get the opportunities that I have, but I'm just incredibly grateful. And when you practice gratitude, you're never going to get some bigger than larger than life feeling that you deserve anything because you're just happy to be part of the mix. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I try to like, you know, express to people is like, dude, like stop reaching for things like by all means have goals, set them and achieve them, but don't like to let external things control your happiness. You're never going to, otherwise you're always going to be reaching for something that you can't get to yet. You know, yeah. you can never say we, we, we both know these people that are like, man, when I get the thing, yeah. I'm going to be so happy because right. I spent years thinking that. And I'm sure you did too. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I'm a series regular on a show, yeah. when I quit doing, doing extra work, when mm-hmm. I quit working at the ticket booth, then I'll be happy. Right. 
but we all know that doesn't work. Yeah. And you have to learn that the hard way yeah. that that doesn't work. So how can I find the, some sort of peace and happiness without within myself? Yeah. And once you achieve that in some sort of way, everything else just gets like, oh, this is just cool. Yeah. I can't believe I get to be here. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, absolutely. Because we both know people that have gotten that thing and that and they're still empty inside. Because, you know, it's like, whole, you know, it's like, then you see them getting into trouble because, you know, they're, they're not fulfilled and they're not happy with themselves. Right. And they were never, that's the thing is you, if you don't find it for yourself, no thing is ever going to give it to you. Yeah. You can keep reach going, oh, uh, well, a bigger house, a nicer car, a better job, you yeah. know, a bigger audience, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Dude, the reason I kept doing the scene and the park bar and all these other shows that you did is it, they allowed me to work without pressure and i mean that in the greatest of ways in the in the in the nicest of ways to you your shows were never a-list shows for the most part i'm not going in there with a crowd of 400 people that's like chomping at the bit to hear my jokes right i'm going in there because this is an opportunity to work on stuff that maybe i'm not comfortable with or maybe i have new ideas and if i can get these nine people to pay attention while they're playing pool hitting the jukebox trying to fuck the girl in the corner if i can get you to listen for a second that I'm on to something yeah. and that's why I always love doing those shows is because they just it's more resistance training yeah right as soon as I get in front of I spent so many years doing shows like that that when I started getting into the clubs and started doing like you know bigger rooms and bigger shows I was like this is so much easier than I thought it was going to be and I, I never went in thinking this is going to be easy but like dude Anyone can fucking crush a sold out show at the improv. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody can do that. But you crush a show at the park bar on a Thursday night at one in the morning. Now you're a fucking comedian. Yeah. You know, and that's how I always viewed those shows. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I never turned them down no matter what was going on in my life. It was just like, this is. This is what it means to be a comic. Yeah. You do these gigs and you scoop up these little tiny people, like not little tiny people, but you scoop up people one, one at a time to maybe get into who you are and they like you as a comedian. But also you just put in the time of like, man, all those sets at the park bar, you look at that and then you look at what I did on America's Got Talent when 3,000 people are booing me. That's the reason why I didn't break. That's the reason. I, 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 I believe it. Yeah, I yeah. believe it. Because, dude, I mean, we've handled some crazy uh, audiences at the park bar, at the scene. Uh, and, uh, dude, I was there when the fucking Dodgers lost against the Astros uh, <laughs> in the World Series, dude. You guys were doing comedy that night? That night, yeah. <laughs> and I had to go up and start the show. Yeah. Hey, guys, a bunch of Dodger fans, you know, and Dodger kids, they're hammered, right? They're like fucking pissed, you know, oh, dude. and sad, all that, you know. All right, guys, you ready for a comedy show? <laughs> like, dude, like, yeah, I thought I thought I was going to die that night, you know. Oh, dude, but you know what? Show me... Show me the greatest comedian on the planet. Now put him on stage at a sports bar during the playoffs. Yeah. And you tell me how fucking good they are. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's no. what, don't judge people on the big stuff. Judge them on the little stuff. Dude, totally. Watch how they react. Dude, I've watched, 
I remember like doing like the improv lab, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the smaller room, smaller room at the improv comedy club is a lot of times there wouldn't be a lot of audience in there. And it was a weird room where it was very difficult to ever get on a roll and get laughs. I watched a huge comedian go up in there one night when there were only like six, seven people in the audience. And I'm talking A-list monster. Everybody knows who this is. And I watched this person eat the biggest bag of dicks wow. because they hadn't been in, in front of this in so long. Yeah. Everywhere they go, every show is sold out. Everyone's there to see them. Yeah. They're just used to the audience eating out of their hands. Yeah. Now here's like eight people who don't give a fuck right. who are just like, yeah, okay, show us your stuff. Right. And I saw this person like, uh, new stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Uh, well, what else? Uh, f- like, yeah. I, I watched them flail. Wow. And I was sitting there kind of like, a, uh, <laughs> yeah. remember this? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're, never, you're never past this. Nope. Nope. <laughs> No, dude, that's crazy, man. And, you know, I hate the comics that, you know, start, you know, going into the audience just because there's like maybe 10 of them there. And they're like, they start like, oh, you know, uh, I don't have to do like any of my good stuff because there's only 10 people here. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. Any single person, any, any performer that ever rails against the people that are there complaining about the people that aren't. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. As yeah. hard as you possibly can. Yeah. My whole thing that like I developed this a few years ago is I started having the lowest expectations possible. Mm. So like even if I'm doing a show, you know, at Comedy Magic Club, which is almost always sold out, I'm going I go in there thinking there's probably only gonna be like four people in the audience tonight. For some something's gonna happen, whatever. A tidal wave hit the beach, everyone's dead. We're still doing a show. There's yeah. four people. Yeah. That way when I show up and there's 40, which I'm like, holy shit, there's fucking 40 people here. Yeah. This is awesome. Where the club's going, God, this is the worst fucking night we've ever had. And I'm like, but there's 40 people out there. (laughs) So when I kind of got that mentality of like, whatever is there is good enough and be happy that it's not nothing, then everywhere I went just showed up like, oh, dude, look at this. There's 14 people in this bar tonight. And they're half of them are paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm glad I came. Yeah. You know, whereas when expectations will kill you, it happens with, I watch it happen with people that make sketches, make music, all this stuff. They put something out there and like, dude, only like 600 views. Mm -hmm. Like I worked my ass off on this. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, but that's 600 people that watched it. Yeah. Like, what did you want? Right. And if they're like, well, 10,000 be like, well then keep making these until you get to 10,000. Yeah. Be happy right now that you got 600 yeah. people watching them. Because yeah. at one point, you probably wouldn't have had 100. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's always, it's all growth. It's all just, like, perspective and learning to just appreciate what's in front of you instead of what's not. And those comedians that do that, that go, man, where the hell is everybody else tonight? They don't appreciate what's in front of them. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's obvious. And to me, it's super sad and honestly, really unprofessional. Yeah. These people are here. They paid for a show. Yeah. Give it to them. Right. Right. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean you have to give it a hundred percent, like go your, your right. best act you yeah. ever did. Right. But act like you are, you have right. a tickets were paid yeah. to see you. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Dude. I, I, I have that gratitude, man. That's why I have no problem, you know, doing shows like the park bar and the scene, you know, because I'm appreciative of any people that are out there looking at me and being respectful and, uh, you know, hearing me do what I came out here to do and what I love to do, dude. You know, it's like, 
man, they're giving me an opportunity to make them laugh. I like making people laugh. Yep. And, uh, you know, so it's like I, I just live in gratitude, man. So... Uh, You're also giving opportunities to these younger comics who need the stage time but aren't ready, aren't going to get into the club, the big shows right. and the clubs yet, right? Yeah. So you have all these people where, I mean, if you actually tried to make a list of the amount of people that you gave a very early opportunity that are now a headlining comedian, have done late night sets, whatever, you know, you could chalk it up any way you could you would struggle to keep that list yeah. on a piece of paper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you can always look at that as being an early, as being an early part of someone's success because you gave them opportunity to go out and discover who they were. The thing, those, those bar shows are really where you get your chops of not just finding out who you are and what you want to talk about, but just learning how to be a fighter on stage yeah. learning how to get people to pay attention i mean i'm sure at some point i probably did that thing i used to do this a lot really early on where i would if the bar wasn't paying any attention i would just like sing a song and try <laughs> to get them to sing with me yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. i'm sure i did that at yeah, your shows yeah. a few times yeah and like some com comedians be like what are you doing why didn't you tell any jokes i'm like how did your jokes go tonight <laughs> like i didn't want to i didn't want to eat shit tonight <laughs> so instead i chose to get the audience involved yeah. into a group experience yeah, yeah. and Instead, I just had fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's part of it. It's just like yeah. anyway, if you're having fun on stage, you're fine. Yeah. You're going to be okay. Other, yeah. the, the audience will also have fun with you. Yeah. And yeah. if they don't, at least you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great, dude. I, I love that. And, I, and I've seen that from you. And I, I just love seeing that. You know, when, when comics, you know, are about to go on stage, I, I just love saying, hey, have fun. Yeah. Come on, there's no pressure here, dude. You know, I booked you for a reason, you know? So, you know, just, you know, go out there and have fun, yeah. you know? There's no pressure. That's what I'm trying to, to, to convey to them is like, look, dude, you know, it's like I'm not fucking, you know, big time, you know, producer, you know, talent manager that you have to worry about what your set's going to, you know, be like. Just go out there and have fun. Yeah. You know, if you Always. get one thing out of your set, then you did good. Yes, 100%. If you have seven minutes to go up there and make a statement and one thing really works, take that shit home and figure out why, listen to it, figure out why it worked, ruminate on it until you can grow it into something bigger and then your time was well spent. Yeah. You know, it's, I just like, I would watch too many comics have a bad attitude and I, and I kind of used to have one too. Not like a really bad one where I was negative all the time, but I'd be like, man, this sucks. Why are we even doing this? You know? And I had to get myself past that of just like, I chose to be here. Yeah. Like, do you ever find yourself saying, I used to do this a lot, but it's like, oh man, I got to go do a set tonight. And I think, wait, I get to go do a set tonight. That's great. Not yeah. I have got to go do yeah, one. Yeah. I get to go do this thing that is my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. Why wouldn't I be thrilled to right. be up there? Yeah, yeah. And when you go in with that mentality, you're just going to win far more often than you're going to lose. Absolutely. You care. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, totally. And, and, I, and I love that. I respect that. You know, when someone tells me, you know, they have another set, I'll, I'll work around it, you know, and, uh, you know, have them get, be able to get to their other set on time, you know? So, uh, cause I, I respect, uh, what they did and they set up multiple sets for themselves and they get to do what they love. 
So, I mean, I just love seeing that someone out there hustling like you, brother. I mean, dude, it's all I all I ever all I've ever wanted since I since I started stand up. Uh, like I didn't move out here to do stand up. I moved out here to be an actor, much like you did, yeah. I believe, right? Yeah. And I just got bored very quickly of not being able to perform and because I, I was done, I had done so much acting classes. I mean, I went to an acting high school. I went to an arts high oh, school wow. and I went to theater school for college. All oh. right. So I was acting class oh, out yeah. and I came out here. People were like, you got to take classes. I was like, I can't, I just can't do it anymore. I don't want to. Yeah. And they were like, well, you got to do something. And my friend pushed me into stand up comedy. And the second I started doing it, I was like, Oh, this, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is everything. So now how can I continue to build myself up? And the answer for me was nobody knows who I am. I don't know who I am. The best thing I can do is just go out and work as hard as I can to get myself in front of people to learn to meet new friends to continually write more jokes to get on more stages. I mean, there's this weird like in your first couple of years of comedy, you have this kind of delusions of grandeur about how well you're doing. Yeah. And you think mm-hmm. you kind of had figured it out. You're like, oh yeah, I know the six rooms where comedy happens around LA. And then people are like, what about this show? What about this show? You're like, what? I never heard of those. And you're like, oh yeah, there's a whole world over here, over there. Yeah. I mean, dude, we just had- yeah, I'm still learning. We yeah, just had a comic, um, a comic just died of COVID um, this past week. And my fiance saw it and in- uh, in an article and was like, do you know this person? I'd never even heard of this person. Right. Which is, you think, you know, like if you're a working comic in LA, I would think I would know who you are. Yeah. But there's all these scenes. And I think this guy was part of this. There's like an inland empire Latino scene that is Obviously, I'm not going to get booked on yeah. that I don't know anything about. And there's these rooms that sell out like every single night that they do shows. Yeah. But it's all just Hispanic comics. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. If they don't come where I am and yeah. I don't go where they right. are, we're not going to cross. Right, right. And when this guy was like, "What? I don't even know. How did a comic die in LA? And yeah. I don't even know who they are. Yeah, yeah. That's how big this shit sure. is. So like, then you start to realize like, oh. I'm just a tiny little fish yeah. in this giant pond. Yeah. And let me just merrily go swimming along without trying to just be the biggest fish. Yeah. And eventually, if you do that long enough, then you do just keep eating and you do keep exploring other sections of the pond. You yeah. wrap yourself some algae and next thing you know, you are the bigger fish. Right. right. But, you know, you got to just, you got to just be comfortable starting at the very, very bottom and just fucking grinding your way to the top. Yeah. You know? No, totally. I like what uh, Greg Wilson said, and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't know exactly what he said, but he was like, just, you know, people think they're going to conquer comedy. You're Just be happy. You're going to be a part of comedy. Comedy is way bigger than us. You know what I mean? It's just like, just be happy and grateful that you're going to, you know, going to participate in comedy. You know what I mean? It's like, so I, I like that, that way of, uh, Thinking about the whole thing. Comedy is a big thing, man. It's a, you know what I mean? It's bigger than anything, right? I mean, like, like literally since the beginning of time, comedy has been important. Like the second we learned how to speak, people were already making jokes and things like that. You know, somebody's just like, knock, knock. And the other person's like, uh, and just like, uh, 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 and the other person's like, oh, (laughs) hilarious. Um, it's just, and yeah, you can't, 
even if you get to the Kevin Hart level of things, the Jerry Seinfeld level of things, you still haven't conquered anything. You've just Mm -hmm. done really well for yourself, but you're still just a part of a greater collective. And to me, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Comedians are my favorite people on the planet. Absolutely. We're, you know, we're fun, we're silly, we're sarcastic, we're dark. Yeah. We take little tiny ideas and blossom them into giant trees and yeah. just like feet. And it's, I love being around comics. Me and that's too, when dude. I, that's when I realized like, this is all I want to do because these are the people that I want to spend my time with. Yeah. And I don't want to conquer anything. Like then you're up there alone. Right. Who the fuck wants that? Right. I don't want, I don't want a Carlos Mencia myself. Yeah. We're sure I'm selling out crowds everywhere I go, except all my peers fucking hate right. me. Yeah. Oh, I I can't imagine, dude. dude. I I wouldn't wish that life on anybody. Yeah, same here, dude. Same here. It's brutal. I've seen him perform at a club and all the comics are just like like just looking at him like with the death stares and just I'm like oh it felt so gross to see that bro because we are we you know we have our uh camaraderie and we you know we love and we hug each other dude you know and like I just love that sort of thing you know and uh to see somebody that all the comics just were just like against the wall and they were just like you know fangs out just like this guy's the biggest piece of shit on earth like how can you go on like dude like with that i mean i how does this guy you know i was like jesus that's brutal yeah i mean it's just and you know it's one of those things where you know obviously he did it to himself and it was it was it's but that's the last thing i would want because as comics the biggest thing you want like audience member tells you you were hilarious great a comic you respect tells you you were hilarious yeah that's that's it, dude. Absolutely. Like that's it's nothing against the audience members because we need them obviously more than we need the other. Yeah, but like right. those comics, like uh, like we are we are this traveling group of vagabonds yeah. who stick together, and the it's part of the beauty of like being on the road. You're like, man. Well, here I am in you know Huntsville, Alabama. I don't know anybody here. Who's at the other club? Oh, my friend yeah. is there. Yeah. I'm going to do my set, and then I'm going to meet up with him in a diner, and we're going to talk right. about it. And neither of us have ever been to this city before, but we have somebody yeah. here. And even if it's not like someone you're super close to, I've had so many times where I've been on the road and been like, oh, oh yeah, I know that guy. I've met him like yeah. once. Well, let's just spend the next three days together because yeah. we're both in this shit yeah. town or yeah. whatever. We, mm-hmm. Let's explore. Yeah. And next thing you know, you've got a new friend and you have a reason to go everywhere. Yeah. That's the one thing. Like, look, I, I've, as much as I miss performing and all that, and I've, I've really gotten over, like, you know, being like, when's it coming back? Like, it comes back when it comes back. Yeah. I miss the idea of traveling with purpose. Like, as much as I love just going on a vacation and just being just total relaxation and, like, exploring the sights, traveling with purpose fills me up so much more. Like when I went to London last year to do a bunch of shows, yes, I'm in London, a city I've never been to, experiencing this great culture, meeting all these people, but I'm doing it because I have shows every single night. So I have to think about and like how I'm going to entertain and it drives me throughout the day and I'm excited all day because I have something, a reason to be there. Yeah, And that's what I miss is like, you know, 
I would never go to Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, if it wasn't for stand-up comedy. Yeah. But I've already been there twice, and I'm booked to go there for a third time, <laughs> and I'm developing this awesome fan base in this you know tiny little city cool. where I just like I have no reason to be if it wasn't for me telling jokes. Nice. And that's the part that I miss like more than anything is just having a reason to just. All right, I guess I'm gonna see what Springfield, Massachusetts is. Because otherwise, why the fuck would I come here? Right. But now I get to see, you know, and there's the basketball hall of fame there. So go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Eric and I were talking about during our little break (laughs) is that like, um, is really being transparent and talking about darker themes and how podcasts really allow you to get a glint, not just a glimpse into a person's life, but really learn who they are. You know, if you're going on, you know, the reason why Joe Rogan has become the Joe Rogan that we know is because he would openly speak to guests for three hours about what was, what his beliefs were and how he was feeling. And eventually when people really feel like they're in part of your insular world. So then they feel like they know you a little bit better. They get, they start to trust you and the more open and honest you are with them then the more they will attach themselves to you and I think that's why like a lot of people look if you're like Podcasts can be whatever you want them to be. We've learned that. If you want to have a podcast about that's just you reviewing Gilmore Girls episodes, that's fine. I'm sure there's an audience for that. I know there is. I know people, and like I know there's a podcast out there where two boys talk about Gilmore Girls and they get probably millions of downloads, right? Talk about sports. Talk about whatever you want. For us, I think it's a great time to really not just explore comedy and the lifestyle that's along with it, but also ourselves. Because one thing, that I have really found as I grow further and further as a comedian is that it becomes this deep exploration of who you are at your core. Whatever is important to you starts to really come to fruition and you really see people like, I mean, that's what I remember just having these moments where I'd go, okay, I'm on stage, I'm headlining a show, so I have 45 minutes to an hour to talk about whatever I want. Well, what do I want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. How do I want to present myself? Do I want people to just see a character, this silly weirdo that's kind of prancing around like doing these jokes? Or do I want to try to put a pointed message in there that will allow people to really see who I am? How much truth do I want to give out? Yeah. And I remember in the beginning... I think I think in the beginning you kind of tried to hide who you are a little bit like you're like okay I'm going to be this person on stage that's larger than life yeah. and that really is this great version of me. Yeah. The only problem with that is you're actually hiding things that are a big part of you. So one of my biggest struggles in life is I have a really bad eczema. Like really bad like you know doctors would look at me and they'd just be like I'm very sorry. There's nothing we can do about really? this. Oh, dude, wow. I, used, I was hospitalized for it multiple times as a Holy kid. Shit. My skin is like, you know, it failed every class that it ever took. Wow. Like, and look, look, I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah. I don't, I've, we've already discussed, I don't really complain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got, but so the thing is, but I wouldn't want to talk about it yeah. because I kind of thought I did my first set and I made ever first set ever and I made a joke about it and I told my dad the joke he goes Alex you don't need to tell people you have eczema like they don't I don't think people see it as much as you think they do sometimes when you, sometimes when you're flared up you definitely have seen me when it's yeah. been like not good uh-huh. and I would probably show up and my face would be pretty inflamed or uh-huh. red or a little crusty or whatever yeah. but the thing is is like I so my dad was like don't 
talk about that. They don't need to know. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I got to a point, and this took like nine years, I think, where I was like, but why am I hiding it? It is a part of my story. There's, It's not like nobody's ever heard of eczema. People know what it is. I don't need to pretend I don't have it. So then all of a sudden I was like, now I can talk about it. And it just opened me up to like, well, what else can I talk about? Mm. I can talk about my, you know, my previous anger issues. I can talk about my fears. I can really open this conversation up to anything that I want it to be. And then what happened is I started being more truthful to myself. My writing got a lot better because I had something to really think about and something I wanted to deliver. Um, And more so, I just got myself to this point where I would enter these flow states because I was 100% myself. I wasn't trying to distract the audience from not looking at my skin or something by having these crazy act outs and shit. I'm like, no, here I am. This is me. You know, no. and and it, it it allows people to really feel like they were invited into this special place. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I think that's and I think that's important. And I don't think everyone needs to do it, but for me personally, I'm not afraid to talk about any of my experiences or anything that has made me who I am because I think that's because that's the way we grow. Yeah, and the more we keep it contained, the more not only does it destroy us, but it doesn't allow other people a chance to learn what happened. So maybe they can thrive in a different way without making the same mistakes or without being shameful of who they are inside. You know, a common, when you see somebody that doesn't give a shit about what other people think and is truly just living in their own way, in a, you know, healthy way, not yeah. like some, not like a sociopath who's right. just like, I'm going to murder 90 children today because <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Right. No, but like when you see someone that just like, they dresses the way they want, they, they, and they act the way they want, they, you know, they do the job that they want to do. You see a very free person. Yeah. And the more I started opening up about who I was, the more I just felt good and I just wanted to keep following that feeling. And so hence there's, there's why I do a podcast. Oh, okay. Nice. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. So what year did that happen? I mean, like I really started being, I'll say this 2016 was a huge year for me. That was the year I did, um, a few things happened. One, I did my year of appreciation on Facebook where I did my awesome person project. That was phenomenal. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I believe you were a recipient of that. Yeah, uh, it almost made me cry. I mean, I think I did cry. I was on Bundy. I was like, what the fuck, Alex? I fucking love you, dude. What the fuck is this? What are you doing? I, uh, so, and for those that don't so know. Thank you. Thank you. Of though. course, dude. It's really nice, man. You really said some really nice things and, and 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 dude like it just it, it, i i read some of the stuff you were saying about other people too man i'm like this guy is just freaking amazing man you know like, yeah i needed what? i needed a year where i i what happened is on new year's eve 2015 like going into 2016 i just had this i went to this incredible party and all my friends were there and i was just so happy looking around going man look at this life i've built for myself mm. look at 
this world that I get to be a part of. How lucky am I that this has been my, this is what I created. Well, look at all these people that are a part of it. And so the next day I literally just like picked a friend and I was like, dude, this person's so great. I just want to shout it out publicly. I love this person. They're awesome. Bam, done. Right. And it was like a two line thing. And then I was like, I'll just do it the next day and the next day. And I never went into it with any plan, but after a month I just went, I think I'm just going to do this for a year. I'm just going to do it every day. And by the time it got deeper, I mean, by the time we're in like a day, like 60, 70, something like that, they started getting long. It wasn't just like, hey, this person's comedy is great. Here's a clip. It was like, let me tell you every single person I know and why they inspire me and influence me. And doing that project completely changed my life, made me realize how fortunate I am. It also made me realize how many people are holding me, will be there to hold me up if I ever fall. So then I started taking these massive risks. That's when I first went on stage at roast battle wearing the unitard and the tail that eventually, um, and then I went on stage doing that. Jeff Ross was like, who the hell is this Alex? (laughs) And I was like, I don't really know. I'm exploring something. And I did that in November. I think it was November 16th. I went on stage in that outfit at roast battle. And in December 4th, 14th, I got a call that I was going to be on season two of, of, Com- of the Comedy Central show oh. that was filming in January. Yeah. So like literally, I spent a year talking about how great everyone in my life is, that everyone should know these people. These Look how crazy awesome everyone is. And by talking up everybody, my reward was I got to go on national television and shit talk <laughs> other comedians (laughs) in this beautiful public forum. And I was like, this is it. I can do whatever the fuck I want. This is such a massive moment. And I still wasn't like there, but that eventually, that character is how I got to America's Got Talent as well. It's the Mm. same thing. So it all started building on each other. And the more I stopped listening to what I thought I was supposed to do of like, hey, you got to write a pilot. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got, I was like, I'm just going to do whatever I feel good about doing and just become this crazy weirdo that will just go on stage and just be whatever. And man, it just opened everything up. Everything got better after that. And I started trusting myself because I was like, look again, when you have a support group of 360 six people because it was a leap year because I'm a fucking moron. (laughs) Um, When you have the support of 366 people underneath you, you, suddenly you just are like, I'm fine. I can, Okay, who cares if I stumble, if I fall, if I fail? I have people that will catch me and throw me back up there. So let's go for it. Let's do whatever I want. And that was such a turning point for me. And people saw it and they noticed it. And they were definitely like, whoa, something changed here. Like, you're not the same guy who's just going on stage, like, you know, telling, you know, telling good jokes and just be, you are yourself 100% and people are into it, you know, not everybody, but enough. And that was a turning point for me where I was like, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I want and I'm going to be more truthful and I'm not going to listen to anybody if they tell me this isn't a good idea because most of what I do is not a good idea <laughs> to mo- to what to the co- to to other people you know what i mean like that's that's what it is though is it's so much like fortune favors the bold right and you can follow the same path and do what other people are doing and have this very safe and probably successful life 
Or you can take a huge fucking risk that could involve you falling flat on your ass and being embarrassed as fuck. But if it works, all of a sudden you are this legendary figure who went out on a on a limb with a ton of weight and found a way to swing on that branch. And that's all I wanted to do. And that's what I continue to look for is like, how can I just create things that will make people happy and bring them moments of joy and uplift them at the same time without compromising anything I want to do? And the further I go down that path, the happier I become. Yeah. And I mean, dude, like, I mean, when I first, like when you and I first started like uh, hanging out and stuff like that, I wasn't like bitter, but I also wasn't necessarily like super happy. Like people like, I think they see me now and they, the people that even knew me like 10 years ago and forget that I wasn't always this way yeah. because you know, sure. Like I was always going to concerts and like music festivals and having a good time, but I wasn't this free spirit that I am now that truly doesn't give a fuck about what other people think. And that is it's just, it's, I can't describe what happens when you stop caring <laughs> about others. And I mean, what other people think, I don't right. care, it's not, obviously I care about other people, sure. but that's it, dude. Just it's, and so much of it is just practicing gratitude, being happy with what I have, being inspired by the people around me, not getting jealous, not comparing myself. I mean, of course I still do it. I'm a human. I'm not perfect. Um, I still look at somebody like, oh, I wish I want that moment. I want that thing. Yeah. But I can also control it so it doesn't then t uh, like fill up my entire body with this weird rage yeah. that then I don't have any way to do it, have anything to do with. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, that's why I was so happy and it just made me feel so good to see you on uh, America's Got Talent and up there, man, just fucking shining and doing what you love to do. And, you know, it's just, it was so nice, dude. It was almost like as if I got it, you know, because I was just so happy for you. And uh, I love that, dude. Yeah, I that's love that. That's how it should be, right? Yeah, it's, that's how it should be. My whole thing has always been like, don't get mad when someone you know gets something. Get mad when someone you don't know gets something. Yeah. Because when I see somebody, I'm like, what? Who's that person? I got 200 friends that could have killed that yeah. shit. That's yep. when I get like annoyed. Yeah. It's like, I know a better person. Yeah. But when somebody in your own, you see this happen all the time, especially I think in a place like Hollywood where, you know, we're all fighting for these jobs and stuff yeah. like that. You see relationships get destroyed yeah. because your roommate who you've been fighting in the trenches with suddenly books a major thing yeah. and it catapults them to this other level. Right. And you are down here like, Oh great. Now I still have to live in this one bedroom apartment yeah. while they're out, you know, in a Lamborghini getting head, doing Coke off a stripper's yeah. pussy. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like it will destroy you. Yeah. If you, so instead I'm like, look, take, I always tell people this, take a second, be jealous yeah. by all means. I know you wanted that thing. <laughs> it's okay to have wanted it. Yeah. It's okay to, to still, still want it. Yeah. But then celebrate your friend or the yeah. person, you know, because yeah, yeah. the more people, if, if success is happening close to you, mm -hmm. it's going to happen to you yeah. at some point. So be happy for everyone that gets everything because when you get it, you're going to want the same thing. Yeah. 
I'm not afraid. I'm sure I sent you a message for America's Got Talent or for like the London special that I put out of like, hey, Eric, I did this thing. I really need help. Please share it, blah, 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 blah. I'm completely unashamed to ask people to share my stuff or to watch it or to comment or something like that because I would do the exact same thing for them because to me, we're all, this This is a collective. Yeah. We are in this thing together. Yeah. And all I want is for all of us to rise up together yeah. so that in five, 10, 20 years, we're sitting around a film set with fucking 40 people that we're friends with making something together. Oh yeah. Because we've all done, we've all done our part to do it. And I think that's the best. And so keep people on your good side, especially as they're, you know, coming up. And that's why I also, that's the other reason why I don't complain or I don't bitch or I don't, and I try to give people respect, especially younger comics, because like, yeah, this person that you're watching do their third open mic. For all you know, in 10 years, they're going to be hiring you for something. Yeah. And they're going to remember that you gave them the time of day, yeah. gave, talked to them about their set, yeah. you know, just had to spat some jokes with them, whatever yeah. it may be. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Eric always gave me so many opportunities. Wait. I have a role in the show that's perfect for him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they bring you in and you're like, it all makes sense. Yeah. You know, we everyone helps each other out. Yeah. And if you look at it that way, then you're going to be way more successful. Yeah. 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 No, that's great. It's that's really good, man. I know, isn't it just inspiring to think about? Like <laughs> I almost I dude, I honestly I talk about this shit and like sometimes like I get so wrapped up in what I'm saying that it's almost hard to believe, but I do believe it. And to me, when I have these conversations, I leave a podcast list going, man. What else can I do today to like help myself and help other people and help comedy as a whole yeah. just get better? Yeah. And that's why like I love the collaborations that we get to do and the random groupings that we get on the road yeah. and all these things when we have a lineup. That's I just I will say like of everything like I just miss the seeing friends on a regular basis yeah. and just shooting the shit yeah. like this. Yeah. Um you know, I mean, there's no more fun place to talk than a fucking green room full of comics who will say the worst shit you've ever heard in your life and yeah, just laugh yeah. about it all day. Dude, you're, you're absolutely right, man. And that's some of the reasons why I would do these any show, you know what I mean? At a little dive bar, whatever. I love comedians, dude. I love being around comedians. I If I could have you come by, dude, and I get to, like, have two or three minutes to talk to you, which, you know, some, you know, I'd do like, sometimes I'd be busy at the scene or whatever, but I'd love seeing you, man. And I love If I got that time to just, you know, ask you how you're doing and give you a hug. And I just love that shit, man. Let me ask you this real quick. You're someone who I don't think I've ever really seen in too much of a bad mood either. You, even while you're, cause, and I know what it takes to produce a show, a weekly, uh, I, I mean, a weekly show. It's a ton of stuff that you're thinking yeah. about. Yet you were always extremely personable. I never really saw you go off on anybody for like being a diva or anything like that. You always kind of just go with the flow. Like, Super happy to be there. Always asking people what's going on. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. Like and meaning it. Yeah, that's it. You know, there's a different. You can tell when somebody goes, "Yeah, what's going on with you, right. dude?" Yeah, yeah. And when somebody goes, "What's up? What's new?" Like, yeah. and there's you want to tell that person what's new and how you're doing in life. And the you know, and there is something to that. And 
I don't. How did you always stick in such a good mood, dude? Uh, I was grateful for being there, man. Like I said, I love comedians, man. Like so, I was so stoked that I got to book my friends, dude. And hey, dude, I got Alex coming by, dude. I was so happy, man. You don't realize this shit, man. I didn't know you were gonna get death threats, but I was inviting <laughs> you over. <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's just like I love being around, fucking, you know. Just fucking creative uh, people that that are like you and me, dude. How can I not? How can I be in a bad mood? You know, fucking and and dude, like the thing is, like what what I had more than enough people uh, to pull from, right? So I didn't have to be like, hey guys, I got a show. Who wants to do it? No, I specifically reached out to people that I wanted to book because I was going to share those, uh, you know, two or three hours with these people, you know, or, you know, uh, you know, 15 minutes or half an hour, however long they were going to be there. You know what I mean? So, I would, dude, I was really happy. And dude, I... I was doing what I love to do, man. Like, how can I be upset at that? The only time I would get upset is someone when someone would disrespect the room, dude, and they would dis because like I, I kind of took it personal, dude. You know, like yeah. it, it, it was kind of like disrespecting me, you know, and uh, and you know, none of the people that I that I really liked and ever did that. You know what I mean? It was just maybe someone I was given a chance to, or maybe someone I didn't know so well, you know, that would disrespect the room or whatever. But, um, yeah, so that, that, that would hardly happen. So there's a weird balance to that, right? If sometimes you do just want to be like, like, okay, this sucks, right? Everybody. And like, you know, like, (laughs) but the problem with that is, is you are not just, you're not just disrespecting, you're disrespecting a venue at that point, right? A venue that has allowed there to be stand up comedy, Even if they are, it is the shittiest fucking bar on the planet. If you go in there and the owner is working behind the bar and hears you going, what the, this place fucking sucks. Guy, get some new curtains, get some this. It's like, this guy, they don't need that shit. You know, it's one thing to do a little bit of a joke and shit on the room for a Mm -hmm. second and then just get back to it. But I have seen those sets where I'm just like, this is just straight disrespectful to this business owner, to this producer that asked you to be here, you know? And I mean, it's one thing, I mean, I watched Kyle Kinane do it, a legendary one in the Rose of, in the ballroom of the Roosevelt Hotel, which was a terrible place to be doing stand-up comedy <laughs> and shit all over the motherfucking room and destroyed while doing it. <laughs> but look, that's the Roosevelt Hotel. Mm-hmm. The owner's not there. Right. Nobody cares. Right, right. The employees that are working there don't give a fuck about right. what you're saying. Right, right. But in a small setting, like a, like a small bar show, those people that are working there, that's a big part of their life. Yeah. And for you to go in there and be like, this fucking, glad I never have to come back to this fucking yeah. shithole again. Yeah. You're just being an asshole. Yeah, yeah. At that point. Totally. Totally. Or like, like we talked about earlier, it's like if you're going to, you know, roasting is 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 a balance, man. And if you're gonna just say it in a fucking non creative way like that, then fuck you, dude. You know what I mean? But I've seen some really creative fucking insults, and I fucking love that shit. Keep going with that. You could do that all day. Yeah, you know for sure. I mean? Make it be a comedian. Yeah. Don't be right. an angry, bitter derelict. Right. You know. Yeah. That's the difference. Is if you're gonna you, there is a way to do it. Right. There really is. But yeah. I, you see, so many people. They just kind of want to just like, they're like, well, I'm not going to do my jokes here. Mm. It's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. this isn't good enough right, for you? Right. Well, this is where you are right now. Right. So clearly it is yeah. good enough for you. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, like, be, when you go, if you're asked to be in a place, or if you're choosing to be in a place, yeah. Respect it. Respect. Whether it's an audience, whether it's an open mic or somebody booked you to be at this place, treat it as you would a place that you love yeah. and it will love you back. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's what I think people don't really understand so much is that like you have to give reverence and respect to the places where you're performing, yeah. even if they suck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Totally, man. I wanted to ask you about your, what do you call that tightrope thing that you do? The <laughs> slacklining. Yeah. But slacklining. How'd, that, how, how'd you start doing that? Dude, again, 2016, big year. Uh, I, I found it. I was at a music festival in October uh, called Dirty Bird Camp Out, and I'd never seen it before. And I was like, whoa, what are these people walking on this wire? What is this thing? And I've always had good balance, so I was like, I want to do it. Tried to do it for three hours. Couldn't take a step. I was like, this is impossible. How do you do this? <laughs> yeah. So then I kind of forgot about it. And then a few months later, my friend started doing it um, just on his own and started posting videos to his Instagram of him doing it. And I was like, what? And this is a guy, very good friend, but he's also a friend that is much larger than I am, like in body type. Uh -huh. So I was like, wait a minute, you're doing this? Why can't I can do this then? I, there's a lot of things with this person. This is my friend Dale. He's one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. A true renaissance man. He can do anything. And most of it I look at and I go, yeah, I couldn't do that. But for some reason, this one, I was like, I think I can do that. And I just started trying. Just started going out with him like once a week, trying to walk on this fucking one inch tightrope, two inch, or one inch or a two inch, whatever you want to do. Um, and as I got better at it, I got addicted to the progression because I got better every single time I got on it. Nice. I started just like comedy, like the more you do it, the better you get, the more you get comfortable up there, right? Yeah. And the more I did it, the longer I would cross, the more like tricks and stuff I could do. And next thing I knew, it was fully meditative for mm. me. So now not only am I... Folk, is my focus getting better? Is my mind relaxing? Am I getting into this flow state? But also my body is getting so much stronger. Yeah. I'm doing something that a lot of people see and are like, "This, that's amazing yeah. that you can do that, which is also feeding my own head of going like, oh yeah, this is kind of an amazing thing, right? And I just got so obsessed with it that I started doing it, you know, one to three times a week and now I barely ever go a week, a full week without doing it. Just because like if I feel myself getting stressed or just feeling like I don't really know what to do with myself, there's some sort of aggravation going on and I can't figure it out. Dude, I go to the park, I tie up my slack line, put on some headphones and I just drift away into my own world. And when I come off that thing, you know, however long later, I mean, I've stayed on it I stayed on, a couple months ago, I stayed on for three hours. Get out. Three hours wow. without falling off. Wow. Just walking back and forth. That's cool. Just like, and I was just in this state. And I'll t when I got off, dude, everything hurt. Everything <laughs> really? fucking. Oh my right God, away, huh? dude. Oh, wow. it, was, it was hurting while I was up there. Wow. Oh, I could feel the, I knew what I, I was like, I'm pushing my limits really far right now. Um, My feet hurt oh. so bad people thought it'd be my legs uh -huh. my my shoulders mm -hmm. dude my fucking feet mm -hmm. because like you have to think like a one inch piece of webbing is like that yeah right uh -huh. 
So 180 pounds are all coming down uh, on this part of my foot right. for three hours. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. Sure. A lot. Yeah. But And you're gripping it, right? With your foot or no? Not you're, really. Just, just flat you're, just, foot? you're just balanced on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it goes in between your toes a little bit and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. for the most part, no, you're just on it. Okay. And the beautiful thing about a slack line as opposed to a tightrope is a tightrope stays flat. Mm-hmm. And that's why you need like a pole oh, to okay. like, keep yourself balanced. Yeah. The slack line moves. Okay. So... What happens is you learn how to move with it. Okay. So whatever it does, you can I can just dance up there and mm-hmm. flow on it because I know whatever it's doing, my body will follow. Yeah. And my core is strong enough to just keep me up there and keep me engaged. So it just became this thing that I was like... I felt cool doing it. I It made me feel just really powerful and strong, but also made my mind feel like I've conquered. That, that's the thing I did was like, I am conquering this thing. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, this is total mind over body, mind and body control. This is like syncing up everything at the same time mm-hmm. to try to make everything work in unison. And when I started getting it, I mean, again, my comedy got better because I was just way more able to focus. I've always had problems of just like, oh, something's happening over here. Let me look <laughs> over there. Instead of me not, too. With, with slacklining, yeah. you can't. Wow. When you're first learning, like if you're the tree that I'm tied off to, yeah. I'm here mm. the whole time. Well, okay. The second I go over here, I'm losing my oh, balance okay. and I'm done. Oh, okay. So when I brought that to the stage, mm. it was like, I'm in this thing. And nothing can shake me uh, off my line right now. Yeah. Like you can try, like I think of the audience almost like my slack line is like, you can heckle me and the line will throw me a little bit. Cause like I didn't, you know, my body tweaked away and I was thrown. But as long as I bring it back, uh-huh. I'm in control. So it was, it was constant. Just like, how do I become so one with this thing that, I can't be thrown off. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact same thing that happened in my comedy at the same time. Wow. How do I get so in the moment, so present yeah. that no matter what happens, I can respond, react and be right back into my shit. Cool. And dude, slacklining has been there for me like that. Just, just a total break from reality and a comfort and a meditation. Yeah. And my core looks fucking great. Oh, I because bet, of dude. It. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> Dude, you look like you lost weight, man. You're the only guy in quarantine that lost weight. (laughs) No, there's a few of us out there. There's a few. There's so essentially quarantine hits, and like everybody else in the world, I go to the grocery store, buy every single thing I can find, all the pasta, all (laughs) like all the refried beans, and I'm just like, and. Immediate, after a few days of that, and I'm talking like this was the first real like quarantine when they shut every, you know, yeah. everything down. Like March 14th, yeah. like everything is gone. Don't go anywhere. Stay in your homes. And also it was raining like crazy those first two yeah. weeks. Do you remember that? Yeah, like, yeah. It was like torrential downpour. It was literally the universe saying, stay inside, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> and I felt myself just like eating yeah. all day. And I was like, okay. I cannot come out of this quarantine fucking fatter and stupider and lazier (laughs) than when I went into it. So what can I do for myself to turn that around? And I was like, okay, one, um, you got to exercise every day. You got to come, you got to do, do, do push-ups in the morning, go slacklining, go for a long walk, play tennis, do so, go on a hike, do something so that you're not just sitting in your own with yeah. your own self all day Two, 
I got to read more. I got to read and I have to meditate every single day so that my brain isn't just collapsing mm. into this state of just disuse, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to come out of this smarter and healthier than when I went into it. What do I need to do? So I started uh, like, I already meditated, but I was like, pick up the meditation, like an extra five or 10 minutes a mm-hmm. day, maybe do an extra meditation before you go to sleep, read every day and don't just read shit for fun. Like do that, but also read a few personal development books this year. Like get a few like self-help books mm-hmm. because I've always, I've always been reading those for the past couple of years, but it was like, now's a really good time to sit and like th- read positive shit. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it gets a little cheesy sometimes, sometimes just those little affirmations are enough yeah. to make you go, yeah, you're right. Okay, I don't need to be sitting on the couch right now. What can I be doing? Right. You know, write. Do all these things that are going to make me feel good. And I just realized that, like, look, you know me. I am a fucking hard partier. <laughs> I do. I go to festivals. I go out with my friends. I do a lot of drugs. I am not ashamed to say that at all. <laughs> but the it, the other half of that is... I need to take very good care of myself if I'm going to party like that. You can't fucking eat six McDonald's meals and then go out and do a bunch of like uh, the psychedelics and expect yourself to feel good. Right. If you're going to, if you're going to go out and you're going to party, then the other half needs to be, then you need to fucking exercise and work your brain muscles and make sure that everything else is staying intact. Because look, I fully admit I've destroyed a lot of what's going on up here. There are whole sections of my brain that just went dark years ago. You know, I took one more whip it and I was like, oh, there goes that section. It, so the, the, your your twelfth grade uh, birthday or something? Yeah, like that memory's just, gone. Yeah, dude. yeah. Just eliminating left and right. <laughs> just like it's literally like they're just in a corner. Like I hope he doesn't find us in here. <laughs> and then one more whippet comes in. Yeah. It's like no. Wait, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love to. That should that would be a great cartoon. Just yeah. to like see somebody's like the people in his brain that are hiding from the drugs that are coming yeah. in, the memories that are running away. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, great. But yeah, so I was like, look. What am I going to do to really make sure I don't fall apart this year? How look, everybody had a big plan for 2020, yeah. right? This was, this was going to be our year. Every person in the world said that. No one expected Even Kobe. this. Even Kobe. Yeah. Even Kobe, dude. Rest in peace. I mean, God, I was on my way. When that happened, I was in an airport on the way to Miami no way. to go to the Super Bowl. Really? Right? I didn't go to the Super Bowl, but I got invited with Craig, you know Craig Gass? It's, I think so. So he's a comic. Uh, he's, he did. He was on Howard Stern for a long time and shit. Okay. So he invites me. He's like, Alex, like we were going to the Super Bowl to media day and we're going to interview all the players in like a funny way. Cool. And I was like, dope. I'm in the airport on my way to Miami. I had just gotten back from Hawaii I, where I had gotten engaged. This is the start of my year. The Congratulations. First, I'm in the first, thank you. I'm in the first month of the year. I'm like, babe, I got engaged in Hawaii with my friends. I'm on my way to the Super Bowl to go interview these players and joke around with them. Things are fucking going. You're crushing And on it, the dude. way there, I'm in the airport and I hear somebody go, man, a helicopter, huh? And I'm sitting in the bathroom stall going, a helicopter? Like, man, I never thought it'd be like that. So I immediately just Google the word helicopter. Are you serious? You just... Dude, that's all I had to Google. This was minutes after the story. I mean, a couple minutes after yeah. the story came out. I Googled the word helicopter. Next thing you know, I'm looking around the airport. Every single person. And I'm in Dallas. In yeah, Dallas. I, was in, I was in Dallas. Wow. I was on a layover. 
every single person is looking at their phone, hand over their mouth, mm. talking to people about it. Some people are crying, you know, and I was like, oh man, this is, this is, this is big, you know, this yeah. is, and I really, that was kind of like, you know, <laughs> nobody thought we'd get here in this part of the year for sure. But, um, you know, I really, I, my, the point is, is how do you make this still a good year for yourself when everything you expected was taken away or, you know, so I had to just pivot and change all my plans and just figure out other ways to make myself happy. And luckily I had, because I wasn't going to work anymore because all my dates were canceled. I wasn't doing stand up. I was like, just take care of yourself. Just do wake up every day, go on a seven mile walk, go slackline in the park, cook yourself a healthy meal, read a book, you know, like all these things that I would always be like, I don't have time. I'm too busy. I have to write jokes. I yeah. have to go do stand up. I got to do yeah. all these things that I didn't have time for. It's like, well, now you got the fucking time. What's your excuse going to be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And dude, I've only, I'll say this. I've only seen a few people. I've seen a lot of people get into really good shape. I've only seen a few go the other way and really balloon themselves up. And it is jarring. Yeah. When you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody suddenly does an Instagram post that hasn't posted in four months. You're like, what the fuck happened <laughs> to you, dude? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not thinking that in a judgmental way of yeah. like, I know what happened. Yeah. This year happened. Right, right. But I, I refuse to go down like that, dude. That's great, dude. You know? Yeah. No, that's great. It's uh, it's really good because I mean, it, it it's it's not good to do that too because th that eventually gets old and yeah, depression will reap its head. Uh, you know, it's when you eat all that junk food. You know, it's not good, dude. That's it's it's fighting off the demons, mm -hmm. right? I know the demons yeah. are circling around me when I don't have a thing to focus on, mm -hmm. and usually my thing would be stand up. Yeah. So that, my main thing is going away. The demons are knocking on the door, come crawling yeah. in through the cracks and everything. Yeah. Okay, uh, quick, do 100 push-ups yeah. and get your blood flowing. Yeah. Take a cold shower. Yeah. You know, just go outside and, and yeah. run for no reason. Just run. Right. Go in the sun. Like, I was, everything was literally because I was too scared to give in to what might happen. Yeah. And it was all this in, it was in the sake of bettering myself, yeah. but it was mostly in service to me, not falling the part, you know? Cause I watched like, you got to keep, you yeah. have to keep your head on your shoulders yeah. in a time like this. You can't just make excuses and complaints about everything right. that you lost. You need to look forward right. instead of looking back. Right. And, I just fully believe that. And so I was like, I need to be an example of it for myself if I'm going to preach it to anyone else. Well, that's awesome, man. You look great. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, you look really good. Look, you've always looked, yeah, I've always yeah. been looked at you and just been like, <laughs> what are you doing to your skin? What are you, you've never aged since nice. I've known you at nice. all. Dude, it's, uh, you know, this, this lifestyle we live, man, we get to do what we love to do, man. I think that, that definitely keeps us young. I think so too. Mm. I really, I mean, dude, the, like purpose is everything. Right. Once you know your purpose in the world and you can, everything else will answer itself for you. Every decision you make is like, well, does this go towards my purpose or does it not? Right. And once you know your purpose and you figure that out, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Because everything will just be like, well, this is what I want. This is the end goal or this is the message I want to put out there. So is it servicing it or not? Right. And it, be it just becomes easier. You know, and it's not to say I don't do terrible things to myself. Of course I do. You know, I, I, I usually choose the fries over the salad. <laughs> like I'm not getting the tofu burger. Yeah. Like I'm doing, I'm eating 
giant meals of pure shit sometimes. Yeah. I treat myself. Yeah. That's the whole thing about when I do drugs. It's because I've worked really, really hard. I've been so good and now I'm going to purge. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's literally like, yeah. this is my night yeah. where I get to murder yeah. anyone I want, mm-hmm. except instead of people, they are my own brain yeah. cells. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I, I have the same philosophy, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you'd never think, you know, somebody that works out and takes care of themselves and eats right, you know, also does drugs, you know? And that's just, you know, like you also you gotta, you know, treat yourself and everything in moderation, you know, or, you know, if I, if I, Knowing that, you know, I was out, you know, doing stand-up gigs and I, you know, I was working out and I, I treat myself, you know, to some mushrooms or, you know, whatever, acid or, you know, just, you know, I, you know, you got to reward yourself also, so. Yeah, you, and you reward yourself and it feels good to reward yourself because you know you've been that good to yourself mm-hmm. yeah. as well. That it's not just like, oh man, you've been on, you've just been drinking nonstop for a week. So you've been doing blow every yeah. night. You've been eating shit food because yeah. you don't want to pay it. Like that's when you're going to really start going down a bad path. Yeah. For me, I know I've done a good job with drugs when I wake up the next day and I'm not hung over, but I'm alive yeah. i'm glowing i'm yeah. fulfilled i'm yeah. motivated yeah. because i had that night of just like pure partying or deep reflection or whatever it is yeah. and suddenly i'm now like cool how do we get to another one of those yeah. by continuing down this path of goodness and by doing everything i'm supposed to do yeah so i can continually get myself to the point where i never have to be like man i got out of control there yeah like I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be a sober person. I have, if you're a sober person, fantastic, great. Congratulations on your sobriety and making it work. Yeah. I don't want to ever get so out of control that I have to stop doing these things that I really enjoy doing. Same here. So take care of myself, do it in moderation. And then every once in a while, do it in extreme excess. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I never wanted to have to be, uh, that guy that had to give it up because I, you know, did too much of it. Dude, you know? or like your friends come to you with a, Eric, we get, we, we, yeah, we got to sit right. you down today. Yeah. We got to talk about this. No, yeah. I, no one, none of my friends have ever had to sit me down right. and go like, you're really out of control. You're really losing it. Because the thing is, even when I was at my, when I was, when I was partying at my absolute hardest, I would still show up to work every day. I would still show up to every gig on time. I would never not give it my all. So no one ever had a reason to be like, Alex, you're really losing it here. Like, are you okay? Because I would show up to work at 7.30 in the morning. Nobody needs to know that I did a line of Coke half an hour ago to get myself there because I've been up all night. I'm on time. And I'm about to give the best customer service of my fucking life. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. That's so great, dude. And now... just to go back to uh, America's Got Talent and you working at Universal, um, did did uh, your work uh, say anything uh, about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were. So they, my bosses saw it. Nobody knew I was going to be on the show. Um, I told a few, few coworkers. And it's filmed there, right? It wasn't. It was filmed there this year because of the pandemic. Okay. Um, the second part of the the show, the live shows were filmed there. Okay. But normally it's just filmed in Pasadena at the Civic Center and oh. then at the Kodak Theater. Okay. Uh, or the Dolby, I think it's called now. Um, but in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, the one where the uh, they have the Oscars and everything. Okay. So they they was at Universal, but what's crazy about the first time I did it is 
suddenly my bosses came to me because I, for years I'd been like going on the road and fighting for my time off and yeah. being like, I need this guys. I have a show. Like I got to go do it. And they'd be like, well, Alex, you know, you have commitments here. Like we didn't hire you to be the, when that happened, my boss came to me the next day and was like, that was amazing last night. And I was like, thanks. And they're like, this is real for you. And I was like, yes, it is. And they were like, what? And my boss said, my, my highest level boss was like, what can we do to help oh, you? Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, look, I will show up here every single day and give it 100% my best effort. I will be kind and charming to every guest. I will outsell every single person here in the ticket departments and my upsells and all that stuff. But when I tell you I need to go somewhere and I can't be here, I need to not be here. So whatever we can do to work on that needs to happen. Because this is real. Yeah. It is. And I know I, I know it was hard to believe that for the first eight, <laughs> nine years that I was doing this job. Because yeah. I've had that, dude, I did that job since I moved here. Yeah. So I moved here in uh, October 2008. I got that job uh, in December 2008. Wow. And I kept it until yeah. March 14th of this year. Jesus. And technically, I'm still employed there. Uh-huh. I just have no plans on going back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they... It was, that's what I, like, if you're going to do a job in service to a career in the arts or as an entrepreneur or whatever, get a mindless fucking job that takes nothing away from your emotional or or, uh, feelings or your brain power and just show up and do it well so they don't have a reason to complain or to fire you or to just pass you off to the next person. Yeah. Like, people think it's... It, it, I think it's insane that I worked at that job for over 11 years. It that's is. fucking That's nuts. crazy. Nobody yeah. does that. No. Nobody I, does that. Yeah. But to me, I just said, look, this job is treating me well. It's providing me a lifestyle that supports my dream. There's no reason to leave. There's just no reason. So I just stayed. Wow. And even when I was going on the road, I would come right back and do that job. And people were like, why don't you quit? Why don't you don't have to do be there anymore? You could live off your money. And I'm like, I could survive yeah. off my money, but then I can't do anything fun. I don't want to think about this. And then all these, and then of course this year happens when I've spent 11 years never stopping working and saving all this money. So then this year happened and I was like, now I will relax nice because I have afforded myself by kicking my own ass for 11 years straight. Yeah. I've afforded myself the amount of money that I've saved and the time and the decency to be like, whatever you want to do right now, Alex, this is your time. Just figure it out. Try not to get stressed. Try to enjoy the reflection and the solitary time that you've been given. And you know, that's, that was the answer. I can't, I'm a, I'm a social butterfly. I love being out in the world. I love just being like literally just running around, meeting as many people as I can, being a silly asshole. I love it. So what, who am I without it? I don't know. I'll figure it out, but I'll just take care of myself in the meantime. Yeah. And dude, that's what I just, people quit their jobs too early in this. You get one opportunity, something good happens. So you're like, I'm, that's it. I'm quitting my job. My whole thing was once I quit this job, that's it. I'm never coming back and I'm never getting another day job. And I see too many, the worst thing in the world is quitting your job and then having to go back <laughs> like a year later, not yeah. even to the same job. Maybe it's another job, but just like you award to me, you had the freedom. Yeah. 
And then because you didn't, you kind of squandered yeah. it, right? Mm -hmm. And some people, that's okay. That's how they yeah. want to live. They're like, at least I got a year to do whatever yeah. I wanted. To me, it was like, no, no, no. I'm going to work as hard as I fucking can in the beginning for as many years as it takes. So then everything is freedom after that. And yeah. I don't have to think like, uh-oh, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. So I'm kind of, my plan right now is hopefully to never go to work again in a job, in a job like that. Yeah. But if I have to get it, I'll just do another mindless job yeah. where I can just keep doing comedy and not really care. That's like, you know, again, Craig Gass told me, we were on the road once and he said this very great thing to me as we were eating lunch. He just goes, Alex, comedy is a hobby. And if you ever get paid for it, 100% congratulations. But you didn't, you started this because you wanted to do it and because you loved it. And you should never forget that. You're privileged to get to do this as a, even a hobby. That's so if great. you get to do it as a career, fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. when I think about it that way, I'm like, yeah. So I get to do this. Yeah. Who cares if I have to go to work at, for six hours a day selling tickets or yeah. working in a weed store, whatever it may yeah. be. I don't care. Yeah. I get to go do this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And I think that, you know, this uh, whole pandemic has shown us that um, you really have to go after your dreams and what what you love to do because you never know when it's going to be uh, taken away from you or you never know if you're ever going to get that opportunity to even try it. Or you need to quit your dreams and move back in with your parents back in Oklahoma. <laughs> Go back where you came from, you fucking squirrel. No, I, oh, I agree. I think a lot of people are realizing like now's the time, mm -hmm. right? I can't wait for a better life or a new situation for me to start doing what the fuck I want to do. Yeah. You and I are, we don't have any kids, right? We're not tied to anything specifically. So like we have the privilege to go after what we want to do. Yeah. But honestly, anyone can make that time for themselves. It's just a lot more difficult for yeah. other people. But right. yeah, fucking do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? That's the real question. What's your purpose, dude? And your and your uh, your wife has been supported this whole time. You, how long have you been with her? Uh, we've been together really for like I mean we've we've known each other for sixteen years. Wow. We were kind of like we weren't really together in college because uh -huh. college, but that's when we met. But we were like screwing around and uh, you know had a relationship. Yeah. Um. Then when she when I moved out here, she moved out here like a year. She went to Europe for a while. She moved out here a year after I did, and we've been pretty much gung ho ever since. So yeah, now we're so now we're engaged. Uh, we didn't get a chance to get married. Uh, we were gonna do it uh in 2021, but now we're doing it in 2022. Okay, but she's fully supportive. She. <laughs> This is hilarious. She doesn't really like stand-up comedy. Um, and people are like, that's insane. And her answer will be, have you ever lived with a stand-up comedian? <laughs> yeah. So, and that's, but she, she loves that I do it. She thinks what I do is super cool and that I'm very good at it. Yeah. And that she, and she's a huge supporter and a huge help to it. She built my website. She cool. helps me go over like projects and things. She makes everything I do What is your better. website? Uh, HooperComedy.com. Yeah, hoopercomedy.com, everybody. Go check it out. Nice. Um, but yeah, she just makes everything I do better, and she makes me want to work harder because it's not just for myself. It's to create a future for our family. You know, right now it's us and it's two pugs, but, you know, in the next couple of years, it could be more than that. Yeah. So the better I do, and she just also, 
the better it is for everybody. But she also just loves seeing this personal journey that I've been able to go on where I've gone from this totally, this pessimistic, bitter person to becoming this just like lover of everything and wanting to inspire people and make people realize that the, the, to choose happiness, yeah. you know, this is mm -hmm. like, it's not an accident. And so much of it is because of her continually believing me and showing me unconditional love when even I felt I didn't deserve it. So, you know, finding, finding a person is great if they will support you because that's what I hear from so many comedians is like, they really struggle to find someone that will accept this lifestyle. Yeah. Especially like, dude, I'm going on the road. All, I used to go on the road all the time. Right. For me to just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go on the road for, you know, two weeks. I won't see you. I'm going to be going from town to town, having drinks with random strangers. You know, I could end up in any sort of bedroom anywhere. I could be doing Coke at four in the morning with some random girl, whatever. She trusts me. And she has, and, and because she trusts me, I give her all the reason to trust me. Like if she was like, what are you doing out there on the road? I want to know what's happening. You better check in with me every day. I might start thinking like, well, maybe I will fuck around now. Yeah. But because she's like, Alex, I know what you're doing out there. Go out there and have fun. Go party with people. Sure. Go do whatever you want. Just come back to me. And nice. like, and it's, and know that you were a good person. And when I go out there with that, I don't have any desire to do anything, you know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. You have someone like that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think it takes work to find it. And you have to give yourself to it. And there was a lot of times when it, I, I could have, when I thought about stopping it just because I wasn't sure I wanted it anymore. Um, but, you know, I have a joke where it, you, you got to settle. If you want to find love, you got to settle. At some point, you can't keep searching. You got to go, look, this is good enough. <laughs> it's, so here I am. If there's something out there that's better, I'm not going to find it. I'm with this person. I know. I had that problem, too. I think maybe that's our ADD. And we're always, like, looking elsewhere, right? Or sure. we're, we're distracted. Yeah, and I, I think there's another part of it that's like, well, look, I've been with this person for a long time, but like, you know, if I got like some really like big dose of fame or money or something yeah. like that, I could be with all these other people. Yeah, yeah. And your brain starts to do that, yeah. but that's, it's such a destructive way of thinking because then again, you're waiting for something else right. to bring you happiness yeah. when it's right fucking right in front there. of you. Right there. This is a person who loves and cares about yeah. me more than anyone ever has. Yeah. Why the fuck would I throw this gift horse away? Yeah. You know, I get to fuck this gift horse. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, I, I, I gave away a lot of gift horses. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, but maybe, you know, maybe now in the future, though, because you gave enough away that you know when one's there to keep. I Yeah, I do. You know? Yeah. That's kind of what happens. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, you can throw them away for a while, and, yeah. and many people do. Yeah. I just happened to keep the one that I met really early on, um, and we just we just happen to be great together. It's, I, you know, I really love, that's one thing. I don't think luck is plays a factor in a lot of things. I really lucked out in meeting someone very early that would be such a, like become such a part of me mm -hmm. and really inspire. I wouldn't be this person without her. I yeah. really wouldn't be. Yeah. So when, what people see on, you know, with me as a very liberated, like furry, shiny creature running around the world with all yeah. this happy sauce it's all because she inspired it so i just i genuinely hope everybody finds someone like that yeah that's awesome what was your uh last uh music festival you went to 
Ah, the last what a concert. Been? I mean, I remember the last concert was March 10th. Uh, or March 11th, I saw this band called The Rapture mm-hmm. at the El Rey. The last music festival I went to, it would have been <sighs> Lightning in a Bottle 2019. Or no, there was something after that. Camp Trip was my fr- my friends run this small festival oh, called cool. Camp Trip. I did that. Um, yeah, but I mean, dude, that's, I really do miss them. Like, I really, I, I the, the music festivals are, such a they're the ultimate silly place yeah they are just it's the best energy yeah. the best vibes the best people yeah. everything there to delight you in every way yeah it's just it's just i i call myself i'm uncaged when i'm at a music festival whatever i want to be whatever i want to do is yeah. what i get to be and do yeah. and there's and that's again what has inspired all this kind of shit me well my outfits and my general demeanor is because i was taught at a mu- at music festivals that you can literally do anything you want as long as you go in with the best intentions mm. and you know i was Oh, I can't wait to go to a fucking concert again. I feel like the I feel like the lights are gonna go down, mm-hmm. you know, and like the moment when it's starting, whenever it's chatter, 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 and then all of a sudden the lights go, and you know it's about to begin. And I swear to God, the band's gonna play that yeah. first note, and yeah. everyone's just gonna cry at the same time. <laughs> like I have tickets to a drive-in on January first to see Dead Mouse because I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to one of these drive-in things. I haven't been yet, but I think it's gonna get canceled. Just because of we're in this terrible state right now, mm. um, and I don't mean California, I mean the state of being that we're just in. Um, but I hope you know. So the DJ will be there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, and you'll yeah. be in your car. Yeah. Well, they so what they do in these ones is they give you your 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 car has like a space. Yeah. And you can get out of your car and dance in your own space. Okay. But you can't just be like going over to this car over here. And okay. like, What's going on over here, guys? Okay. You got to stay in your space. Uh, but they do allow you. I wouldn't just go to a driving concert where you had to sit in your car. Yeah. That sounds right. awful. Yeah. No, they are actually plugging big sound system. You cool. out of your car, and I was like, look, I just I want to experience live music again even if it's a dj i just want to experience being blasted in the face with sound yes do you remember your last one when's it supposed to be with that january 1st oh okay you think it's gonna where's it gonna be the nas event center it's like in orange Uh, county in orange county i just think like dude how are even if you're doing we're not supposed to gather at all right yeah. now. We're not even supposed to play tennis with people outside of our own household. Yeah. So how are they going to get to let a drive-in concert happen? Yeah. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think they're going to give us all refunds and move it or something. I don't know. But I bought tickets just in case. Just to uh, be like, all right, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. And my last concert was uh, Morrissey and uh, Interpool uh, open from. Nice, yeah, dude. I, cool. Dude, I, I saw Interpol at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Uh, they're they're killer. And, yeah, you know Morrissey, man. Just you know, every day is like Sunday. <laughs> Gotta feel it. Yeah, yeah. Dig that shit. Yeah, me too, man. But yeah, dude. I, I you know, before this whole thing uh, happened, I wanted to go to uh, Vegas or I wanted to go see some DJ. Fucking. Yeah, I, I I I miss that so much, dude. I want to go. I just miss the energy of being around all these people. I miss like I miss all the silly random moments that would happen at festivals and concerts. But I miss just looking at the person next to me singing the lyrics together. We've never mm. seen each other before in our yeah. lives, and we're just looking and we're we have that moment of just like yeah. right, yes, <laughs> yeah. just like hugging yeah, a random yeah. stranger. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Dude, you know what's yeah. like, I mean, I think about that. I think about like, am I going to like hug strangers again? Yeah. 
I'll never pass a joint to a stranger again. That's over. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, can you believe we ever, it's kind of crazy we ever were just doing that at all. Like I would just be outside of a show. So be like, dude, that smells good. I'd be like, here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Put put this yeah. in your mouth. I'm yeah. gonna put it right back yeah. in mine. Yeah. Or how about a bowl? You know, you pass a bowl. You know, right? That's never gonna happen again. Yeah. It's over. Jesus. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Even with my own friends, I'm like, we gotta have our own joints and bowls, yeah. guys. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like if I like yeah. we like my friends and I got together for Halloween. We went to Big Bear. We went to the cabin. We all got COVID tests, so like uh, so we could all do it and be comfortable. But we're like, we have to get together. Like we miss each other so much. But even still. We weren't sharing any drugs or anything like that. You want to smoke? Cool. I will also smoke, but we will do it with right. our own devices. Yeah. So this is probably going to go out in uh, January. Sweet. Hell yeah. You have any uh, predictions for next year? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think for in a general state of the world, I think next year is actually going to be more difficult and challenging than this year was. I think this year... Um, woke us all up and showed us a lot of things that we weren't aware of. But I think the problem is that next year we are going to be very aware of these things, but they haven't been fixed yet. And we're still very far away from fixing a lot of them. So I think we're going to see a lot more businesses close because like now you were living off your savings or whatever to get yourself through this year. But what happens next year? Right. right? So I think the biggest thing is that like you need to take care of yourself and the people around you and you need to find a way to pivot and bounce back and do something that will allow you to still thrive through through in into this new year. You need to find things to do to grow yourself. Yeah. And a lot of it is just taking a little bit of time out of your day to do the work. Like, you know, and I'm not talking like a lot of time. I mean like 10 minutes to do a little meditation, a little gratitude, a little journaling, or a little just like goal exercise, something that you can do to just make yourself feel like it's going to be okay. Because I fully believe that we are going to be overall fine, but it's all about how you react to these situations. And it really is kind of a sink or swim mentality right now. And I'm not just trying to swim. I'm trying to fucking do a triple backflip and land in a perfect dive in this pool. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how, look, if billionaires keep getting richer and more and and the wealth gap keeps separating, there is a way to take a piece of that back. Money is still being generated. Yeah. Life, we're not on pause. Life is right. happening. Yeah. So you need to figure out how to make your life keep happening. So I don't want to have any like major predictions, um, but I mean, I just, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I, I, I never will not be hopeful for everything to be better yeah. and for our existence to be more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And any little part of that that I can add to the people around me or, you know, my friends, my family, my fans, whatever it may be, anything I can give to them to make it a little bit easier and a little bit better, I am, am happy to do. And that's what I think if we all just kind of work together, we see each other, we stop being so divided, it's we have to unite somehow to create a better place for us all to be. And it's scary and it's a shit ton of work and a lot of it sucks, but I think the end result is worth it. Yeah. And what do you think about the vaccine? Are you going to volunteer to take it or I'll take it. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't, I'm a person who I don't, 
I haven't been sick in a very, very, I don't remember the last time I was physically sick. Same here. Right? I, I'm talking like, I've never had the flu as far as I know and yeah, all this other stuff. I don't get a flu shot every year because yeah. of it. However, this is different. And I just feel like, I feel like the more people who get this vaccination, like if it, you know, I just think we're going to be better off. Yeah. And I think it is good to be discerning of it. I think yeah. it's good for people to be like, hang on, I don't want to just stick something in my body yeah. because you're right. We don't know where it came from, right. but I'm watching initial trials go out and I'm watching it be mostly positive as far as the results go. Uh -huh. So I'm like, look, if this gets us to a better place, then yeah, let's do it. If it gets kids back to school, if it gets people back to work, if it gets us all to go on with our lives with some sort of normalcy, yeah. Yeah. I'm down with it. Yeah, and yeah. The, But I'm also, I'm a 35-year-old super healthy person. Yeah. So it's not up to me. Right. I'm the last fucking person who's going to be at this vaccine because they're going to give it to everybody else long before they give it to me. Right. So, yeah, I'll take it, but I don't think it's even going to be a choice when it, mm -hmm. when it comes, like, I mean, I think it'll be a choice, but I think yeah. it's going to be an easy choice of like, oh, I've already watched the results of it happen for the last few months. Mm -hmm. Sure, now it's my turn. All right, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll jump in on board with this shit. Yeah, yeah. You think you're going to do it? Yeah, I feel the same way you do you know what i mean gonna watch everyone take it and you know i think my immune system is strong and i've never had the flu either and uh so um but yeah if that's what it takes for everything to get back to normal dude like i say let's do it man yeah you know and just you know people need to take care of themselves it's mm -hmm. a, it's it's a really sad fact but like people are like well the immunocompromised and the overweight and the smokers it's like yeah the immunocompromised is one thing but the overweight people in the, and, and people that smoke and just continually have bad habits, you're not asking for a better life. So it's not that you don't deserve it, but the people that are doing in the work that are actually taking care of their bodies and their minds and are trying to really actively be healthy, we need, those are the people that I'm more willing to take yeah. care of. Mm -hmm. If you're a, if yeah. you're a 400 pound person who is, is pre-diabetic and is sitting there chain smoking Marlboros, you're right. not asking yeah. for a healthy life. Right. So why should they, why should the world give it to you? Yeah. Right. I don't think anyone, no one's entitled to anything. Yeah. You don't yeah. deserve anything. Right. So put forth the person that you want to be. And if you want to be a healthy person, then become a healthier person. Yeah. And I'm not talking again, I'm not talking about people that have like illnesses they can't control or pre, uh, pre existing conditions of just things that obviously are, that's just a part of you. Yeah. Right. Like my sister's a type one diabetic. There's nothing she can do to not be a type one diabetic, Yeah. but she has to be healthier because of it. Yeah. It's just the way it is. So just be healthy and yeah. take care of yourself. Nice. Yeah. And uh, dude, I, I I'm on social media a lot less since this whole pandemic. Cause Good. I, yeah. Right. Because I felt like you know, dude, if if any any time to take a break from social media, and because I mean, I I don't know about you, you know, because I'm I'm sure a lot of people are reaching out to book you, and you know, maybe <laughs> not uh, right now. No, no, <laughs> but before it. So I I don't know how often you were on your phone like before this whole thing happened, but I was on it nonstop. You know what I mean? And I was constantly checking all the social media platforms and this and that. But this has gotten me to the point where it's like, look, you could slow down on that. Everyone's going through a shitty time right now. So, like, 
like who's you know like it, which I think it, it was, it's very therapeutic. It's very great to not you know because you'd get on social media. Look at this guy; he's got a great life, and it's all fake and it's all bullshit. But it still affects you, right? Sure. Yeah. And we don't have the thing is you don't have to think about it as much because before you're also going on social media of like, ooh, let me look look through some comic stuff to see who I want to book. Yeah. Oh, oh there's that person. Right. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, yeah, that puts him back in my yeah, head. Let yeah. me put, put, put him on a show. Yeah. You don't have to be thinking about that right. right now. So like, by all means, check in with your people yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, the less time you can be spending just scrolling. Uh-huh. I mean, if you're pick up your phone and have something to do with it. Yeah. If you're yeah, give yourself a few minutes a day where you can just yeah. endlessly just fucking go through the feed. And yeah, but like, yeah. if you want to, but like, it's when you find yourself just and I do this all the time, just reaching for yeah. it for no yeah. reason, right. looking for something yeah. to entertain right. me. That's not the answer. Yes. It's yeah. not the answer. I agree. But I bring that up because I used to enjoy watching you do the flat line uh, with your pugs. Slack line. And then you'd bring your pugs too, right? Sometimes, That'd yeah. be hilarious, bro. I mean, yeah. that would just make my day. Dude, like, that was just so entertaining, man, just to see that. it was. Uh, are you still doing that? Yeah, you sure. still do that? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, still, my, I try to make my social media feed as fun as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. it's a little fun. It's silly. It's inspirational. Yeah. It's, you know. It's cute, yeah, 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 colorful, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I try to make it a place where, like, if I'm like again, spread joy, yeah, right, uplift yeah. people, yeah. And so I try to make my social media do that as well, and I try not to get sucked into the hole, yeah. Um, and I still do, yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. know, it's less than I used to, right, right. Uh, that's great, dude. Um, yeah, I, uh, um, I was I'm, like, is this where I plug my social media? Yeah. <laughs> It is. It's at Hooper Hairpuff on all socials, everybody. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm on Cameo. Find cool. me on Cameo. Oh, everybody. yeah, dude. Check yeah. Out my, do, do you have merch? I have shirts. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I, have, I have T-shirts that say Calm Down Peasants <laughs> okay. with a little tail on oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not like, they're on my website. I'm not actively trying to sell things right now. However, boy, by the time this comes out, I will have be if not already have be very close to another product that um i'm very very happy about it's my current project that i'm working on and it will be out very soon and i don't want to say too much about it but uh but it'll be on my website so hoopercomedy.com everybody awesome dude well so great seeing you man thanks for coming by and agreeing to do this um Dude, you're an inspiration, bro. You're a friend. You're a great human being. And uh, I I can't be more happy uh, about your success, man, because uh, you deserve you deserve everything, buddy. Eric, I love yeah. you so much. You've yeah. always you've always been good to me. You've always you've always been there with a great attitude. And I'm just you, I'm, very, I'm, I'm thankful to know you, too, man. Thank so you. Buddy. Thanks for having this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, buddy. That was Alex Hooper. Bye, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs>